Pickles, that that you you speak that. to whatever you want you you want to speak to. I'm okay with. Um, I'm okay don't going down rabbit holes. It's it's that's the point of this. It's just well, to give you a platform to. Just, I'm really good at uh, non sequitur uh, anecdotes. So nice. <laughs> that that's awesome. Yeah, adds color. Might be my fourth um, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, and, yeah, like I said, I won't I won't stop you. I won't try to correct you. I'm like, no, we just keep talking. Um, and then the only other thing, really, is that at the very end when I say, oh, okay, hey, coach, it's great, appreciate it, blah, 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 and it's almost like we cut. Don't, don't hang up because the, the software has to <clears throat> upload because it's recording on your side and it uploads to the cloud. Okay. <clears throat> what do you want me so, to refer to you as, by the way? Whatever you want, you can Paul. Yeah, you can. Okay. At this point, it doesn't matter. The, the whole the whole simple coach started out because there were some coaches that I just didn't want them to know who I was because of my son, um, who was going through the recruiting process, and it turned out to he he was one of those like COVID year recruiting yeah, class yeah, yeah. that yeah. turned out to be a nightmare, and and. Um, yeah, I, I think the cat's probably out of the bag. Anyway. So if you want to call me Paul, it's fine. Okay. It uh, flows a little better than Simple Coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, at some point, I, it sort of stuck after the, the Simple Coach. I didn't know what else to call myself. You know, no, no, so. it works. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Um, all right, so if you're good, we'll just... Um, I usually pause, and then I run into a spiel. and. Um, yeah, and, 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 then, you, um, and this thing is like... Once you put it out there, do you edit it all, or you just like put it out there as is? Uh, uh, so when we start, when I say, "Hey, coach, thanks for joining," to the end, when I say, "Hey, see you later," yeah. Unless there's something where you're like, "Could you really just remove that?" I, I'll remove it, but usually I, that's it. Like I just post it all. Okay. Like, I don't. Cool. I was just checking. So the only other thing I do, just so you know, is. I do these things called quick shots where I take just for content, right? Like, I'll take, if you say something interesting to me, which you always, everyone always does, so anywhere between three and five little snippets mm -hmm. of something that you say. So if I ask you, you know, something like, I'm going to ask you about the Northern Athletic Com Collegiate Conference, right? Like, what's that about? So I'll take that, that answer, and I cut it out, and, or I... I'll take it and then I'll post it like three months down the road as another a separate video that's only like three minutes long. Okay, cool. So, um, okay, so you good? I'm ready. All do right. I look, do I look okay? You look more than fine. <laughs> you look. I like the Pele. Uh, is that box? a Pele lunchbox up yeah. there? I mean. You know what's funny? Uh, boy, we're already gone. I might just we might just leave it here and just keep rolling with it. Um, the, <clears throat> I when you so your videos, at, at the the videos you do on Instagram, Instagram yeah. wherever I, I've yeah, seen Instagram them, or Twitter, yeah, Instagram or Twitter, yeah that I've that I've watched. You were doing the highlights throughout the season, and then you're walking through Milwaukee, yeah, and. And in my mind, I'm like, I bet you his office has so many cool little knickknacks. And so now I see the Pele lunchbox and a bobblehead up there earlier. Yeah, one of the well, looks like it, it's funny figurines. because if you, um, when I got in my office, they, I, I turned my desk to face that because if uh -huh. you saw the way my desk usually faces, it'd be a blank wall. 
<laughs> yeah, I've been trying yeah, to, now, this is, to put on it, and I'm like, I haven't yeah, done yeah. that, but this thing has all the stuff. That's right. That's a lot more entertaining. That yeah. one's a lot more entertaining. Yeah. So, and I see Ali. Is that a book on Muhammad Ali? Um, yeah, yeah. I got a yeah. bunch of sports books up there, and then actually, yeah. if you looked yeah. at, it, I have. I tried to get pictures of um, every team I've ever coached. Oh, so nice. It doesn't have to be every season, but you know, season, like if I had yeah, like. Yeah, a, yeah. You know, U15 boys team, and I coached yep. them for four years. I had a picture of them at one point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, Very cool. Uh, I mean, the the big picture up there will will play a role eventually in the and in, in my story. But that's Jimmy Banks, who if uh-huh. you know his history, yeah. he was uh, on the 1990 World Cup team, and so he was the yeah, first yeah, yeah. player from Wisconsin to play in the World Cup, and he was ah. the head coach here at MSOE prior to myself. Yeah. And that's why I assisted, and he passed away of cancer mm-hmm. oh, on oh, April twenty sixth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So um, you, I had that, speak, that photo of him uh, framed. Speaking of Wisconsin, do you? Do, I mean, do you have any connection to to Jesse uh, Jesse Marsh? Because he's a Wisconsin. Um. Yeah. I, well, okay. I don't know Jesse well, but uh-huh. in nineteen ninety four, I was playing on an adult. Uh, amateur team because there really wasn't mm-hmm. soccer then, and mm-hmm. we were the the team I was on the Milwaukee Kickers. We were the final warm up game for the Swiss national team um, mm-hmm. before the World Cup. So their first mm-hmm. game was against the United States. States in the dome. In the dome. I was there. Yeah. I was there. I was there too. But now yeah. I was like way up after playing against the team. I was like in yeah. the highest rank. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Hey, thanks for it. Get up there." <laughs> yeah. So there's a, a gentleman from here named Jerry Ponick who was their um, liaison, mm-hmm. and um, and so he said, "Oh, here's a team that could play you. Like this, mm-hmm. these guys from Wisconsin could play, and they'll give you a game that will replicate the U.S." Mm-hmm. And Jesse Marsh was on that team. Um, mm-hmm. We did not replicate the U.S. We killed, um, but Jesse Marsh looked like an actual player playing against the uh, yeah. Swiss national team, and um, I always like to say that the, we're the unheralded heroes of the U.S.'s trip to the um, knockout round of the '94 knockout World round Cup because yeah. Yeah, Switzerland was unprepared because they played the Milwaukee Kicker Major Team prior to the prior to the U.S. Awesome. team. That was well done. I thought you were going to say, yeah, because we like we just broke their ankles the whole time. That's all. Yeah. There might have been one player who got hurt, actually. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, there's nothing nefarious happened. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah, I actually I know I know Jesse from from Princeton. I was a coach there, and and actually. You know, part-time, actually volunteer coach, technically. I just got the, I was there for the free gear, really. Um, <clears throat> the, um, you know, I had a regular job and I young family and, and I, there was, I kept telling Jim, like, Jim, look, every year I tell him the same thing. I was like, look, if you find somebody better, we could give you more time, all that stuff. I am more than gladly to submit my resignation and, and make way. And um, he he finally, he came to me and he's like, Paul, I, I got somebody, I got somebody that would, I'd like to bring on, and I'm thinking as a volunteer, and, and I'm like, I was kind of like a little off, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. well, who could be better than me, you know, like, sure. whatever, I was really bravado then, he goes, yeah, you, you know, Jesse, Jesse Marsh, 
and he had just gotten let go from, or he just left Montreal or something like that. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm done. It was great. Yeah. I had a blast. Thanks for all the yeah. free gear. Thanks, <laughs> you know? yeah. And so now I could say like, yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, I, uh, I let, I let, uh, Jesse Marsh c- continue on his coaching career because I, I paved stepped the away way from Prince. Jesse Marsh. Yeah. Paved the way. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Coach, I'm just going to tell you, like, I might just use this front end piece because this this has been fun, and we haven't yeah, yeah, we've said anything. Yeah. Um, hey, so let let's just jump right into the p- part of this, I guess that that we're here for, rather than these stories, which are just awesome. We'll 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 talk a little bit about that too because you have some, you know, really interesting um, storytelling because it's not reporting right it's storytelling and i i think your blog we'll talk about that a little bit but your blog um uh ponderings from the pitch so it's actually really good really really good stuff so thank you that's that's um, nice. yeah um but let, let's if we can let's just turn to the soccer part you, you're you've been head coach for milwaukee school of engineering for three years did i get that four years this is my fourth season fourth season that's it the whole covid thing has me all messed up so it is weird um you were seven years before that i think you were the assistant coach um and then yeah give or take yeah um what sort of what's your experience your soccer experience been like and then ultimately how did you end up in the position that you're in at, at at msoe right now um how long do you want this story to be paul (laughs) I, I have I have no I like I said there are no rules so okay. you go um, the the simple answer to how I ended up in MSOE is um, Jimmy Jimmy Banks and I worked together in the nineties in the mid nineties um, I didn't know him well but Jimmy like when I was a kid he's he was he's he was four years older than me. And so when I was a kid, he was like one of the guys that you wanted to go see play, right? Um, Because he was Jimmy Banks. um, And he was like the guy who was the artist with the ball and everything. And you would like, if you got a chance to go see Jimmy Banks play, you were really excited. Um, So in the 90s, like I think it was like 96, 97, we were both working at the Milwaukee Kicker Soccer Club. And um, we would have pickup games in the morning. And um, so, like, 7 in the morning, we'd play pickup games with all the soccer people in the office, and it was a lot of fun. We became friends. And then um, I was gone for a couple years at Purdue University. When I came back, I ran into Jimmy, and I moved into the same neighborhood where MSOE is. And mm-hmm. I didn't start coaching with him at that point, but we we would, like, work out together and play basketball. And then we ended up... Um, having a running two uh, soccer tennis match against two other coaches. And every Wednesday we'd play soccer tennis against them. And so we developed a friendship. I ended up coaching uh, his, or at least one of his kids I coached on my team. And then another one of his kids played for the club I was coaching with. And um, so we were just friends. Um, and then even though I, I, I think they officially now have me starting here in like 2012, but I think it was around 2008, um, actually, like, back in the background there, there's a picture of 
mm-hmm. of uh, a team. And I, I put that up there only because I recognize that as two of the guys that were on the team the first practice I showed up for. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy would practice at 7 in the morning, and I would walk my wife to work, and where they practiced was right across the street from her work. And I'd walk over and say hi, and then uh, he'd go, hey, go play. And so I'd jump on and play with the guys on the team, which I'm not sure. I mean, it doesn't matter anymore. Jimmy's, uh, like I told you before, Jimmy's passed away in, in 2019, so no one's going to get him in trouble for a violation at this point. But uh, I think he, uh, I don't know if it was legal for me to play, but he said, come on and play, right? And so about 35 pounds ago, maybe, I jumped in and played with the guys. And uh, and then one day I said, uh, well, their goalkeepers were just like throwing the ball back and forth for what seemed like a, an eternity, which might be one of my biggest pet peeves I carried over. Pet from. peeves. Thank you. Of goal, Thank you. Just goalkeepers throwing the ball yeah. back and forth for. Oh my God. I was like, it's not the bullpen, man. So. No. I said, uh, do you want me to warm up your goalkeepers? And he said, sure. So I warmed up the goalkeepers, and then, uh, well, I just kept coming back. He couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I couldn't I can't make kick games. this guy out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't make games at that time because my main job was club soccer. Yeah. And so, um, but I kept showing up for practice because as a club soccer coach, I didn't have work at seven a.m. And so mm-hmm. it was, you know, walk my wife to work, practice at MSOE, Jimmy and I get breakfast, and maybe and then maybe play a little soccer tennis ourselves. And um, yeah, and so. That's why I started MSOE. It wasn't a career move. I was a club guy. That's what I did for a living. And um, But I liked hanging out with my friend. I liked the kids on the team. And then around 2012, I, um, I left my club job um, after 19 years of you know traveling to mm-hmm. every ex- exotic location in the United States. You know, like Rockford and Fort Wayne and Rockford. Yeah, you know. I see the same. By the way, I love Rockford. Fort no, Dix. No offense to, to Rockford because it's an hour and some minutes from Milwaukee. They got great fields, and the Matus brothers are there, and I love them to death. Um, mm-hmm. But I just said, you know, I, I'm kind of tired of traveling and doing all this stuff, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I backed away from that world. And um, at that point, I started getting to the MSOE games, and then sadly. In late 2018, Jimmy was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Oh my um, God. That it traveled to, you know, other organs. Yeah. And yeah. Um, April 26, 2019, Jimmy passed away. Yeah. And so. What a shame. Um, yeah, in the, in the worst set of circumstances, uh, I got a really nice job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. the that's the short version on how I ended up yeah. at MSOE. The you know how I got started in coaching. That's I'm 52, so that's a lot longer. You know, yeah, yeah. story my my travels yeah. to get here. But that that's the the more immediate. So version can I, I ask you the the the? I mean, so you really had. No, I don't want to say this. It's not. I don't. I never say the right thing. So I apologize if it's it, I offend. But like you had no real aspirations to be a head college coach did you like there are guys now that purposely come out they find an assistant job they jump around until they find a good spot and then they make the leap you had no aspirations for that no no i when i was younger i wanted to be a college coach so uh-huh. my first job was at marion university mm-hmm. and i was an assistant a volunteer assistant with the uw milwaukee women's soccer program 
Yeah. And then I, and then I made the move to Purdue. So I was doing club soccer. I was like doing everything, Paul. I was like doing club yeah. soccer, high school soccer, yeah. college soccer, bartending, working at a factory, <laughs> after school daycare. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, you had to yeah, make yeah, money, yeah. right? And there wasn't a lot yeah, of money yeah. to be made back in the no. early 90s in coaching and mid-90s. So I did all yeah. that. And then um, Sue Moynihan, who was the head coach at UW-Milwaukee, became the assistant at Purdue University. Mm-hmm. And she um, was probably the reason I got the job at Purdue. And so at that mm-hmm. point in my life, I thought, I'm doing college soccer. I'm going to pursue this. And um, mm-hmm. then two things happened. Uh, one really simple, everybody gets this. It's kind of like, uh, um, what is that movie? Um, Goodwill Hunting. My wife, mm-hmm. my now wife, then girlfriend, was not going to travel with me to, she wasn't moving to <laughs> West Lafayette, and she wasn't going to travel to every next job I took. Yeah. And so I was like, well, okay. How dare her? Yeah. <laughs> and so, sorry. You know, sorry. I was doing these, like, you know, leave at, uh, you know, four o'clock on Friday, come back at yeah. three AM on Sunday morning back to Purdue, you mm-hmm. know? Um and I kinda thought, well, you know, I kinda like her. And um and then um I was in Florida recruiting for Purdue and my parents were on vacation there. And in between recruiting I went to where they were on vacation and uh we were playing cards, you know. Sheep's Head mm-hmm. for all the uh, Wisconsinites out there. It's a very popular mm-hmm. card game in Wisconsin. We were playing Sheep's Head, and my dad couldn't remember the rules. And uh, I remember looking at my mom, and she just kind of gave me this, like, look, like, yep, that's what's going on now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, you know, eventually he remembered the rules again. We played Sheep's Head, and I got in the car, and I started driving back. I don't know where where I was going from, like, whatever part of Florida to another part yeah. of Florida. And I remember I pulled over, and not to be dramatic, but I remember I, like I broke down crying, and I thought, yeah. "Well, I gotta go home, you know? Yeah. Like, how long does my, how long am I gonna be around yeah, my dad? Where he's gonna yeah. know who I am?" So my dad yeah. was in the beginning of Alzheimer's or dementia, Alzheimer's. and I kind of thought, "That's it." And so I went back and uh, started, and went back to the old club I worked with, and from mm-hmm. then on, I was a club soccer coach, and mm-hmm. college coaching was not. You know, if radar. you do club coaching okay. long enough, you're not going to be a head college coach. It just doesn't. No. That's not the, yeah. you know, that's not the stepping stone. Doesn't but, translate at that point. No, and yeah, so it wasn't yeah. in the cards for me, and mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. I liked club coaching. Um, yeah, so I, I really was just helping Jimmy because it was fun. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. really it. There was yeah. no, he was 54 when he passed away, so I wasn't like waiting, you know, for him to retire yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. and he wasn't yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so that's that's how I ended up. Uh, All right, so so I never divulge this on any in the past year. I've never really spoken about it. So my respect for you was at a soccer level, right? And now my respect for you has sort of jumped to a whole new level. So I was living in Ohio and um, in grad doing grad school. I mentioned before that I was an aspiring history professor. Um, And uh, I went home for Christmas and um, it similar situation where 
something was wrong, something was off. It was just my mom and my dad and my other, my siblings were all married and had kids and stuff. And I was single, living large, um, and was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And same thing, your, your driving mom was? back. No, my dad. Your dad, my dad. Was, sorry, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I made the decision driving back, like, well, I, I guess I have to go home. Like, ha- what else, what else can, what else do I do? Like, there's no way not to come. I can't. So I stopped every, quit everything, packed it all up, moved home and took care of my dad for four years until we put him into a nursing home, which is as an aside. And I'm sure you know how difficult that whole process with Alzheimer's. Just a gas. I mean, oh my God, yeah. Um, By the way, to the audience, whoever watches us out there, we did not prepare this. No, this is totally, yeah. We did not each other's stories. Wow, that's No, no. So, um, so yeah, I'm the same boat as you. Same, totally, my newfound respect for you, man. Totally. I'm getting all like... Yeah, don't worry about it. Come up, we'll we'll talk about something stupid now. Yeah. (laughs) We can share a cry later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that off camera. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> How about the World Cup? Yeah. <laughs> um, so let me ask you. Let me get recombobulated. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, recombobulated. There is a story for you. Well, that's 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 in um, that's not Milwaukee. That's in that's in um, Minneapolis. The recombobulation area in that airport. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. The recombobulation <laughs> area. Yep. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's it. Anyhow. Um, so, hey, let me ask you something. I mean, because you, this is interesting. Like, the play, you've been at the club level for, for like you said, 19 years, a long time. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, you're frontline-ish, you know, and especially at college now, whether you're doing the recruiting and all that stuff. I, I ask this because I'm, you know, do you think play from a player perspective, like, do you think players have gotten better in oh. in the years that you've been coaching, like from when you played to now, to the guys you you coach now? Uh, I think the median player has gotten better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think from the time like I started playing soccer, you know, that would be like you know the 80s and early 70s yeah. to now. Um, I don't think the, at least in Wisconsin, uh, I don't think the best players are any better. But mm-hmm. the average player is a lot better. Is, is a lot um, better. At least in Wisconsin, I think there was a, um, you know, there was a cultural, uh, and, well, a cultural thing that happened where soccer got athletes and in a lot of cases was able to jump ahead of football right mm-hmm. and we're in the state of wisconsin right jumping oh, ahead of football yeah. is is crazy yeah <laughs> it's like because i'll tell yeah, you my dbr is a bunch of soccer games and the green bay packers that's my DBR, <laughs> right? well and the milwaukee bucks but the milwaukee bucks play 82 games so but the packers yeah. like you know that's that's what yeah. um so there was this period i think where where because club football hadn't really developed in the same way, like you just, you went to high school and you, if you were a good athlete, you wanted to play football, right? 
well, this this generation of kids in the 80s started playing soccer, and suddenly around here, um, you know, a lot of the schools were like, oh, my God, the football programs were like, we just lost the best athletes to soccer because they started playing the sport yeah. when they were eight and nine years old. Eight, nine years yeah, old. Yeah, so I think, like, there was this period in the in the 90s where there was just a bunch of really good players that came out of Wisconsin. But then the football movement was like, oh, you have soccer clubs? We're starting football clubs, right? Yeah. And then and then it's football, right? So the, the other two things yeah. that happened on a, like, just notoriety basis was the Wisconsin Badgers got good at football, went to the Rose Bowl uh-huh. in, I think, 94 yeah. for the first time in yeah. forever, and they've been kind of good ever since. And then, yeah. you know, and then Reggie White and Brett Favre showed up for the Packers, and suddenly, yeah. you know, the Packers ended their their reign of stinking and so football became the big thing again so that's a long drawn out answer but the i think there's so many good players now but i don't think there's the same amount of great players as there was Mm -hmm. in previous years at least around here around around wisconsin that's a that's an interesting point right though and i think that i'll say in new jersey it strikes me that that is the case too, where the the median player has gotten better, but you don't see got you don't see that exponential growth at the top end, right? You don't see these kids being going from really good ball players to great ball players. It, it, they're still really good ball players, but they haven't had that that type of growth. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think it's just that like. Eventually, if you're going to be a pro, you're going to be great, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to be a great, yeah. great athlete. Like, you just can't athlete. escape yeah. that. No, Obviously, no. you have to be able to play soccer. But, right. You know, there's a reason Killian Mbappe is great, right? Great. Yeah. Oh, totally. Right? There's an, totally. also another level of athleticism where you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know somebody could do that. Right? And then you watch, And then you watch the World Cup, and you're like, look, whatever – Team, it doesn't matter the team that it's, that's at the World Cup, Australia, right? Like the, these guys are at a different level than than most players. Like just physically, athletically, they're just at a totally different level than. Yeah. Well, and look at the U.S. team. The U.S. team is really yeah, yeah. fast and strong, and they're good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. you know, when I say the level of player isn't good, like look, our World Cup team is probably the best team we've had since you know, arguably yeah. 2002, but, but they're, yeah. that's a serious team. So I'm just, yeah, yeah. if you're talking about like D3 soccer and recruiting right now yeah. and all that kind of stuff, the, the players that we're recruiting are way better than they were 10 years ago yeah. because there's so many more good players. Yeah. And then you, and then you add in the amount of foreign players now playing college soccer. Yeah. And so now for the American based player, the kid that maybe one time was a, you know, going D one is now going D three. Did did you do you get a lot of do you get farm players to? Not really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody yeah, else yeah. does. Um, well, yeah. Well, not nah, well. It depends on the school, right? Because some schools, like I think Saint Olaf is one. North Park is another. Like they they have this. There's a pipeline that's, that exists that goes beyond the sport, right? I, I'm not saying like soccer coaches p- specifically do this, but that there's some sort of academic pipeline to somewhere. Yeah, there, there's different. Right. You know, schools offer different kinds of money to international students yeah, based yeah. on the school, and then depending on the major, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some majors might be easier to bring kids from overseas 
you know, mm -hmm. over here for. So I think that plays a part in it. Um, you know, we get, we have an exchange program with a German school. And so, you know, every couple of years we have, like our, our leaving score this year was a German exchange student, but we get him for a year, mm -hmm. right? He just comes for his senior mm -hmm. year. Um, yeah, yeah. But we don't, I don't really actively recruit right. foreign kids that much because uh, it costs money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they don't yeah, get yeah. a cheaper deal, deal here than the American no, kids. No, no. And so. Our, and, then, and then you want to make sure that you're finding the right players, right? So there's that. There's, hey, I, I can recruit foreign players, but then you want to be selective, right? Because not ever hate to say it, is this a surprise to many, but right, not all foreign players are good. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it. Well, there's you know, the part like, you, have you seen him play? You know, do you yeah, know yeah. them as a person? I, the the big yeah. advantage the the foreign guys usually have is, you know, they're twenty year old freshmen, or yeah. twenty one year old freshmen. That that's the biggest yeah. difference. I don't know if it's always yeah. the actual that they're better. Yeah, yeah. but they're they're mature, right? And if yeah. and if they played, if they wanted to be a pro, their attitude about what soccer is is different. If you mm. wanted to be a pro and then said, no, I guess I'm going to go to the United States and play college soccer, and mm. you're 20 or 21 compared to an 18-year-old kid from the United States. I just think your mentality mm. is different. So there there certainly is advantages mm. to foreign-based players. And if there wasn't, yeah, people yeah. wouldn't be doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But are they all better? No. Yeah. I, I just think the maturity thing is, is probably the big Well it's kinda like the right, the latest thing and I don't I think it's just a temp temporary thing. Is this all the grad students that have the extra year of eligibility that, you know, play when they when they have the opportunity. Yeah. Are they better? Maybe. But there's a difference between, like you said, a twenty one, twenty two, twenty three year old grad student than there is a eighteen year old, seventeen year old freshman. Yeah. Just a maturity difference. Yeah, especially on the guy's being... side. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. physically a, a freshman could be a pipsqueak. Yeah. Right? Pips, yep, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. the twenty three year old it, like the, the guy we had in our team this year is twenty four. And my wife uh -huh. came to this saw the first game, she goes, Wait, it looks like an adult. <laughs> yeah. you know, like he looks like a man you know yeah. the rest of your guys yeah, don't yeah. look like that no and i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah there is a difference yeah yeah hey, you'll take it you know like yeah hey, rolls your way right why not so yeah. hey let's talk a little bit about your writing because i think that was the most interesting thing and i mentioned earlier about your blog um uh ponderings from the pitch it, it, like where's this storytelling um, come from like what what got you into like I said because if you and I like I mentioned I'll put it down in the description but to me the cool thing about the ones that I read that they're they're like little stories about that just so happen soccer is the theme but but yeah. they're stories about life and about individuals you've come across like how how did that all start I guess I'm Irish you know so <laughs> for storytelling, I guess. You know. um, well, at you least know, you're but, not but singing like, it, like right? Most, like, you're not... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. like most Irish <laughs> Americans, you know, we just claim the Irish side more than the rest, yeah. right? But um, you know, I, um, I I've always enjoyed writing. You know, so um, again, you, you you said we can go down, you know, wormholes or whatever. Go. Yeah, so when I I really thought I'd probably be 
an English professor. Like you said, you were going to be a mm -hmm. history professor. I thought maybe mm -hmm. English professor, you know, or English teacher. My dad was a, a high school history teacher, and mm -hmm. um, and he loved coaching, you know. And so I was, but he, he knew nothing about soccer. I grew up on the sidelines of football, you know, when I was mm -hmm. a kid. Um, but at five seven, one hundred and fifty pounds, you know. Football wasn't, it ain't happening. Wasn't, wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. 5'7 might be a stretch, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so when I was in college, I, I was an English major, and I kind of thought that was the direction I was going. And um, my senior year after soccer, and I went to Drake University, um, a woman by the name of Ramona Barber, who, um, you know, is kind of like famous in Iowa for... Um, these tournaments she ran, eventually ran. Mm -hmm. um, but she contacted my roommate and I and said, hey, do you want to coach a, um, a youth soccer team? You guys have just finished playing. Do you want to coach a youth soccer team here in Des Moines? And we were like, sure. And, uh, and so I found myself in class as opposed to listening to professors. I was like, writing up practice and drawing out the lineups like okay if we're losing we got to play you know this kid if we're winning we got to play you know this kid and it was a U13 team and already I was obsessed and so I remember um I never did that <laughs> yeah yeah right right exactly <laughs> right? and so um I remember my parents came for graduation and I had like um I had gotten uh, I'd been gotten awards for poetry <laughs> believe mm -hmm. it or not all, all things and they came and they said hey you know what do you want to be and I go well, I think I want to be a soccer coach and they both had this look on their face like they just smelled puke you know <laughs> like four years of education and you want to be a soccer coach um anyway so I wanted to be a soccer coach but like the idea of writing was always in my blood right yeah and when I quit um, doing the, the, the expansive, you know, travel across the country club soccer thing, I thought, you know, maybe I'll write a memoir, right? And so I started writing a, a soccer memoir. And um, I wrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it and had, like, three different people editing it. And um, they were all, like, very nice and very good. And one day... I, I was talking to one of them, and the one who knew the least about soccer, and I said, you know, this thing stinks. And she, she kind of started laughing, right? And she was like, well, and I go, it would just be better if it was a lot of, like a bunch of different stories, wouldn't it? And she goes, yeah, I think that would be a lot better. And so um, I scrapped the memoir and started turning... Um, all the stories in the memoir into their own story. And then COVID hit and I had a way more free time. <laughs> and so I started a blog. That, that was yeah. really it. And I took all the stories from the memoir. And then in that time I added other ones. Um, yeah, yeah. And during COVID I was, I was pumping out for a while, like two a week. Um, and really what I was mostly doing was revising stuff I'd already written. Uh -huh. Um, and so I did that for just a long time. And, and the whole, you kind of hit it on the head that um, the idea of it isn't that it's, it's about soccer because soccer is what I do, right? That's been my profession yeah. and my livelihood and, you know, and, and would have been my hobby if I had another yeah. um, profession. Um, but I really didn't want it to be um, about soccer, if that makes sense. I yeah. want it to be about, yeah. you know, 
the things we deal with in life and have soccer yeah, yeah. vehicle for telling stories. Yeah, um, yeah, and so yeah. that that's what was fun to me. Like when I look when I look at like you know a lot of soccer things that you would read, it's always about like what formation did you use? And, it's the game. Yeah, and I that's just thought I nobody saying. needs to read another boring thing about no. You know why we should go back to the Dutch system, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or why we have to high press. You know, like I was like, yeah. all that's out there. I'm like, I just like telling stories better, and I thought it was more interesting. You know, so let let me ask you some. This okay, that is rabbit holy, right? Like totally down rabbit hole. Do you know? Do you know uh, Peter Wilt? <laughs> you know, I of course I know who Peter Wilt is. I met him. For the first time the other day, he kind of knew me again from these weird mm -hmm. walk and talk. Because well, Peter Wilt knows everybody, right? Yo, and, he's the mayor. Yeah. He's the mayor of the United States soccer community. Yeah, and like, like uh, it's the only way I could describe. I'm sure, it. this like, is just... the same way in New Jersey, but you know, mm -hmm. Wisconsin soccer community's not huge, right? Yeah. It's still small relative yeah. to other things, and and I've been in it for my whole life. I was at so Jimmy. Um, who I mentioned before, Jimmy Banks, mm -hmm. the, the high school um, that he went to, Custer High School, they just renamed the stadium Jimmy Banks Memorial Stadium. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so mm -hmm. there were we had a, a photo op there and everything, mm -hmm. and uh, I met Peter Wilt there for the first time. After oh, all these years, so like I was amazed that I hadn't met him, but yeah. yeah. And so I just met Peter Wilt for the first time. <clears throat> so... So rabbit hole here. So long time ago, I when I started this whole thing about soccer after my playing days, trying to find out what I was going to do. Uh, you know, I was broken at that point. Like I wasn't going to play, and, and I wasn't sure about the coaching thing for a variety of reasons. I was dealing with my dad, and and so, so I started to write, and I started to write. I probably wrote for a good solid two three years uh, about MLS. Um, largely because I started doing MLS because nobody was there. Nobody was really writing about MLS. And so there was this you website Grant called Wall. the Internet. So, yeah. I mean, it was like me, Grant Wall, the, the usual stuff. They continued. I mean, they're yeah, full-on yeah. professionals. I was a hack, you know? Like, I was just churning out stuff. I didn't. So, anyhow. Um, so, I, I, met, I wrote an article. <laughs> this, is, this is bizarre, but... I wrote an article. I actually sent an email. A guy in Chicago, editor, like a sports guy, wrote an article about how soccer was terrible and the standard trope, right, that yeah, you yeah. read about. And I emailed the guy. I was like, hey, look, man, not for nothing. You could have that opinion. That's fine. But at least let me take you to a game. Like, let, If you're going to have that opinion, have that opinion. But long, long end of it was that I'm in New Jersey. This is he's in Chicago. He says, "Sure, I'll go to a game." I email Peter Wilt. I'm like, "Hey, you don't know me, but I just wrote this article and this guy who's pretty famous in Chicago land said he would come to a Chicago game. So I'm going to fly there. Can you get me tickets to the game for me and his buddy?" And sure enough, he does it. Does an article. We meet talk to and so since then i've had this conversation going with peter but do i brings get to know who this to guy you. is um i'd have to look up his name okay, uh, okay. 
I forget his I forget his name. I will look at it as we when next time you're talking I'll I'll do uh Yeah. I'll I'll take I forget his name. He passed away of all things cancer, I think. Yeah. Um So, long story of it that comes back to you about why I asked about Peter is because one of the things he got involved with or I heard about that I wanted to get involved with was somebody was going to do a soccer journal, like a journal of soccer that wasn't about soccer. Because I had been saying for the longest time, my problem with soccer in the U.S. is that it's all game specific, right? Like you support MLS, it's because it's MLS. It's a soccer game. Or if you support... You love whatever, the, the, like the cultural, the parts that really make people hold on to a game have nothing to do with the about the game. It's about, right, the game is what brought them there, but it's all about this other stuff. And so they were trying, I think, to capture that. And I was like, that to me is where the soccer future has to go. So your stories... I read those and I'm like, this is what I'm talking about when I say uh-huh. culturally, we need to get to a place where we talk about the game in this fashion that has nothing to do with the game. It's about the personal experiences and interactions that you have with people. Um, so anyhow, I just went on. Well, a wrong no, and, you know, by the way, with but, that, like, um, you know, one of the interesting things about uh, soccer in particular is because it's a world sport mm-hmm. you know if i look at my experiences right i was a uh you know little irish catholic kid who went to catholic grade school and catholic high school right well soccer was where i got diversity you know soccer is where i played with african-american kids soccer is where i met serbs you know soccer mm-hmm. is where i met croatians oh yeah and and so you know this ethnic city that we live in here in Milwaukee, right? Like, I wouldn't have been as exposed to those cultures if it wasn't for soccer, right? I would have been, you know, closed off. But mm-hmm. I think the, the, so soccer, like, when you talk about, you know, what it does for people, this this fact that it's a world sport is also, you know, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it just opens you up to so many different people and, and different cultures and different backgrounds and, and, um, you know, and you, anyway, you got the point. Um, that 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 is it. Like all of my soccer stories, people don't like. I, first of all, I'm a you know like an ego guy, so I remember all my goals that I scored, or all the saves I made, all the big games, all the kind of stuff I do. But the stuff that gives it all meaning to me, I scored a goal in an inconsequential. Um, uh, final of what we called the Guatemalan League in Mercer County. And I don't think it was particularly pretty at the time, but in my head, it was the greatest goal. I got up over all these guys and headed the ball in. And there was, pro- I'm not kidding you, there was probably a soccer field surrounded by about five deep of people of every different language and like, you know, a foot off the line. Yeah. So that you couldn't, and that was the game. And we ended up winning it. And it was probably one of the coolest experiences I ever had. And then what did we have afterwards? Because I was playing for a, a Paraguayan team. The, the, the wives of players. And we had this big cookout afterwards. And guys from other teams would come in. 
That's the stuff. That to me is how do we capture that in the U.S. and not talk so much about the game, but but that sort of essence because that's what drives most people to these things. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's it's, it's beautiful, and I can tell you, like, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that that happened here, like, I have some kids that I was that I grew pretty close to that I coached, and you know, one of them, um, he came over during the war in Kosovo. Right? Mm-hmm. So that we had we have a lot of Serbian refugees, yeah, right, who were who you know lived in Croatia, but were Serbs, and so they you know came here as war refugees, right? Yeah, um, and they all they all you know go to the same church, Saint Sava over there on uh, mm-hmm. you know on the south side of Milwaukee. A lot of them lived at the at the same apartment complex. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I coach these kids, and it's a whole different world, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's fantastic. It's fantastic, yeah. and you, you get this different viewpoint. Um, yeah, and that, and that's the Milwaukee soccer history, right? Because we have like the the Bavarian soccer club, the Croatian yeah. soccer club, Milwaukee yeah. Serbs, United Serbs. Yeah, you know Polonia. There used to be the Hungarian Tigers soccer club, but then yeah. co- communism came in, that- and then suddenly no <laughs> Hungarians were coming to Milwaukee no. anymore. So yeah. they, you know, what happened? Yeah, um, that's funny because here in Jersey, like there was never the clubs, right? The clubs were the the ethnic the the ethnic family organization. So I played for the Ukes, the Ukrainians of all teams, for two years, right? And we would play against, yeah, Serbs. The the G- Germans had their own thing. Yeah. I mean, that's how, right? Like, and and some of the iconic places that you know everyone plays on turf now. Yeah. You know, I could say that I was one of those guys who played at Farcher's Grove, in Union, New Jersey. That was literally dirt and rock. Yeah. Like that's what you played on. That was the field, and. That was if if you were anybody in soccer, that's where you like that was sort of like the aspiration. Like, man, I played at Farcher's Grove. I must be somebody, right? I must be yeah. a player of certain note because you didn't play there if you didn't if you couldn't hang, you know. So, man, we all right. Let me pull this back. I said I would never pull this back, but I wanted to pull this back because this is the one. Seriously, this is the thing that gets my my gander up. Is is it's soccer to me is not. So, soccer to me is is not plastic. It, it is not about the the nice jerseys. It's not about, like you said, the going back to the Dutch system. It's a lot about that and the nitty gritty. And I do enjoy that. But what makes the soccer to me is all of the stuff around it that I find such joy from. You know, that's doing this, having conversations with you and other coaches where soccer is why we got together, but I learned so much more about everything else that revolves around the game than, than if I would if I just watched you guys play. Right. Um, you know, so. Um, all right, I got to ask you, can you, can you, because I mentioned this, I may have mentioned this before. You guys were on a killer run this season, and that's how you got, I got noticed. Actually, my sidekick, Paul Newman, um, one of the shows used to say, look at Milwaukee School of Engineering, and that's how I sort of got honed in on you. Uh, you were undefeated at the time. But could you give us a rundown of the uh, North Ad- Athletic Collegiate, Northern Athletic Collegiate Conference that you, that you play in um, for those yeah. folks who don't so know much a, about it? It's a 13-team conference, um, so it's big. I think we're one of the biggest in the country. 
Um, it's basically southern Wisconsin with a couple teams from the north. And um, so I think there's seven Wisconsin teams and six Illinois teams, or the other way around. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it. there's a couple great things about the conference. One, the furthest road trip we have is two hours for a game. Mm-hmm. You know, at least for Milwaukee, right, because we're kind of in the middle. <laughs> um, the second thing is the, the teams are good. Um, mm-hmm. We're... we're we're kind of like right on the edge of competing with all the top teams. So I'd say, you know, the top five or six teams in our conference can compete with anybody. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a good conference. I like it. What, what more do you, is there anything else you want? To no, do? that's good. That's, that, that's, 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 that's more than fine. I just, you know, we don't, again, part of, part of this is, East Coast and how heavy we are on the sort of the Eastern yeah. East Coast conferences, right? And and you know, I frequent the boards, the D three soccer boards and whatnot, and the folks that I talk to, it there's not a lot of much there's not much visibility that we get from out the further out west you go. And that's just I think proximity. Like I think the one conference that has everybody I don't know, that pay attention to is like the OAC, right? Ohio Athletic Conference, because it's got some teams and it's competitive and you're starting to see teams come back east here. And so I think that gets, but, but, but like the NACC and then a bunch of other conferences is a little, it's a little harder, I think, to follow. I think that, you know, the big thing with D3 soccer is nobody's traveling as much, right? Yeah. The budgets aren't the same. So it's not like being in the big east, right? No, right. You're not flying. You're not flying from Milwaukee, you know, to L.A. for a game or whatever. Right. To play when we do that, it's a bunch like of fundraising, that. right? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's work. Yeah. <laughs> at that point. Yeah. So it is. It is really different in that way. Like uh-huh. I've only been heavily involved in, like when I helped Jimmy all those years, I didn't know anything about it. I showed up for games. Yeah. Like, and he'd go, yeah. "Oh, we're playing so and so, and they're really good," and I'd be like, "Okay, you know, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. what, what do I care? I'm just helping coach this team." Um, yeah. So I can even tell you, like, I don't think until this year I really mm-hmm. paid attention to the rest of the country because mm-hmm. I started going, well, maybe we could get at large bit if we don't win the conference tournament. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever thought about that. And then yeah. I started going, well, okay, who, you know, how do we, how do we get the at large birth? You know, what's yeah, yeah. the, then you start doing math, as I always say. Yeah. Right? Like and I had never math. thought about that before. Uh-huh. And so now, now it's prominent in my mind because we didn't get an at large yeah. birth. And I'm like, oh, we probably needed to play a couple, you know, tougher opponents, non-conference. Yeah. Because, I don't, because I'll, I'll tell you, like when you ask about the NAC, our conference, the hardest mm-hmm. part is, I think a lot of conferences are like this. We beat each other up. You yeah, know, so, yeah, yeah. Three teams tied for first this year. We were one of them, yeah. right? Then we had three teams tied for second yeah. at 24 and 23 points, right? Mm-hmm. And then there were there was a team at 22 and a team at 21. So we had, in a 13-team conference, we had eight teams within two points of each, or four points of each yeah. other, right? Yeah. And so we got this tough conference yeah. where I think all conferences are like this. Even the teams below that, you're like, oh, this is like a, like we got to go play them. Yeah, and we're supposed to beat them, but you know we got to bring our brass knuckles because they are not yeah. going to f- lay over for us. Yeah. 
So the toughest Tuesday, part of Tuesday night in Stoke, right? It, that's what you're dealing with yeah, in those games. Right, and you're going, you know? boy, this game, like when you talk about all the SOS stuff and everything, yeah. strength of schedule, I'm sure the people who yeah. watch this know. But like, you're like, well, this game only hurts us, but we can lose. Yeah, this yeah. Game, winning this game doesn't help us. You know, yeah. It's not going to help the, our ranking or anything. Yeah. But, man, we yeah. could lose this game. And so it's yeah. it's this war Right, and I think we're yeah. really close as like the CCIW here and the Mayak yeah, yeah, yeah. in Minnesota, like, yeah. and obviously whatever conference University of Chicago's in, that's a little bigger yeah, conference. Yeah. The UAA, yeah, yeah. like yeah. we're right there. Our teams, our yeah. top teams, can compete with them. We just haven't topped them yeah. yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I, my, <clears throat> this is where I get in trouble. My 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 thing though is is that there's got to be a way to recognize your success, and I get this limited numbers, and I get I understand all that. But you had a really successful season, as far as I can, as I understand it, your conference or whatever. And and then again, I look at somebody like Western Connecticut, who went twenty zero and three, right? And they and didn't make the didn't, tournament. And, and didn't make the tournament, yeah, somebody sent right? me that to make me feel yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. And well, I'm just kind of like, you. I understand. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But but you have to reward teams who do something that is still difficult day in and day out. It's not like you're you're picking daisies when you play, right? Like you're 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 getting results. And that that to me needs to be there needs to be a way in which the selection process recognizes teams that do that. And yeah, and I was you know like answer. It's hard. Yeah, no, I get that, and, and that's the that's why I hit the easy button, right? Like it's easy for me to say that. It's harder for you or for that committee to actually come up with a system that does that. Our women's program, not this past season, but the season before, made it to the NCAA tournament for the first time in the history of our school as an with an at-large berth. You know, mm -hmm. and our coach there, you know, he does a great job, but it's like no one knows about MSOE, you know? Yeah. And then he went and played a really difficult non-conference schedule and got some big wins, and then I think lost in the finals of the conference that yeah. year and got an at-large berth, and it was like, you know, hopefully that starts to yeah, you know, yeah. get us noticed, you know? Yeah. But it's just, I think it's hard. Like, I read about the Western Connecticut. I didn't read about them, but yeah. I saw that. I'm like, well, how do you not yeah. lose a game? <laughs> You know? That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. And then as a coach, Look, you're, and I, you're beating yourself up. You're thinking about, right. like, oh, if we hadn't tied this one, if we didn't, you know. Then yeah, you go down yeah. to the most minute detail if, you're, if you yeah, care yeah. and you think, yeah. oh, we, you know, this guy steps up here and this guy drops and this guy can see the man in the ball yeah. and then we don't give up a goal and we win this game yeah. and then we got that large berth and, you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff. yeah. But like, like I said, to me, he did the hardest thing you could possibly... Under any circumstance, it is very difficult to go undefeated in a season. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Under any circumstance. Yeah. I don't care what your strength of schedule is. It's really hard to do. And like I said, because everyone has those Tuesday nights in Stoke, it's just really hard. Games are really hard because you got to travel on a Wednesday or a Tuesday... And you gotta, you know, you gotta go three hours away, and and they don't play the prettiest of soccer, and all, and you manage a way to win, and you do that. You gotta, you should be recognized. Well, and by the way, when it's in conference too, yeah, the the fear goes away. 
Yeah. Right? So yeah. in non-conference, you might go play somebody they don't know, like, they've heard of yeah, you or they, they know you. Yeah. But in conference, they, they, they don't know care you. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're yeah. just, they're ready to kick you just yeah. like they kick anybody else in practice, right? Yeah. And they, yeah, they've yeah, watched yeah. your games. They know your video. They know your players. Yeah. They know your team's yeah. tendencies. And so they come out for that. And it's a, it's different in conference, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let, let me ask you, just because you are a school of engineering, and I'm assuming you're, I think we spoke and you, you mentioned, like, you're one of the few tech few types of schools like you exist in your area and your region yeah like how do you like what kind of players i mean does it limit your pool does it to to get players in that would be interested in msoe or is it uh i i think to be honest for the most part it's been a benefit you know Mm -hmm. we have we have you know a variety of you know most engineering degrees we have business we have nursing. Mm-hmm. Those are the three schools. And then yeah. we have, you know, actuarial science, user experience, construction management, anything that's kind of STEM related or anything mm-hmm. that kind of offshoots from technology degrees, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And nursing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I think it's it makes it easier. At least I like it because when I go to the field, I know that I don't have to watch every kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was at Purdue recruiting, you go to the mm-hmm. field and you're like, well, every kid could come to Purdue because we have every major imaginable, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. right? When you're at MSOE, you go to the field and you try to figure out, like, talk to the club coaches and stuff and say, which kids are, are STEM kids, mm-hmm. you know, because I know that if they're, a, if they're a serious STEM kid, that they'll look at our university. Like, they mm-hmm. can't not look at our university. They might look at other ones, mm-hmm. too. But you can't mm-hmm. not look at MSOE if you're a STEM kid because we're just really good at what we do. So, right. In that respect, it kind of makes it easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just a desired major right now. And I say this, by mm-hmm. the way, is you know we've been on this podcast. I'm a English major, right? I could mm-hmm. never help yeah, these yeah. kids with one iota of their homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you have a paper. You can I can help yeah. you write. You know, they just yeah, look at yeah, me yeah, like yeah. I'm a you know. Actually, one kid came in my office, and he was talking about, you know, obviously they have to take some writing classes here. Yeah. Business and technical writing, that kind of stuff. And the kid goes, oh, he's a freshman. He goes, oh, this English class is just killing me. It's just killing me, coach. And I go, yeah. And I go, "Uh, well, do you need help with it? And he goes, well, I I think I'm getting a tutor. it's, It's like not that bad. I just can't stand it. I can't stand English class. And I go, well, you know, uh. I was an English major, and he paused, and he was looking at me, and I thought, this freshman, I just scared the daylights out of him, right? Like, he's like, well, now coach hates me or something. And, <laughs> yeah. and he's just staring at me with a blank face like <coughs> like this, and then he goes, and then he finally goes, why? <laughs> I was like, and I, I, I think it's like when I, I burst out laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I thought I'd scared him, and then he just looked at me like, yeah. Why? Why would you ever major in that? Why would you ever want to do something like that? Yeah, yeah. So I could come here awesome. and coach you guys, and then you could all leave and make way more yeah. money than me the day you money, walk out yeah, the door. Yeah. That's that's why. Um, so to answer that's the like, question about the yeah. about the major, like I don't find it difficult. It can it can be constraining. Some some people might find it constraining. I actually it makes it easier for me 
to actually pay attention to the right kids. To the right kids, yeah. And then I, I feel like I get to know them better, right? Because yeah. I can I can focus in on them instead of you know, because sometimes recruiting is you go to the field and you you mark down this kid, this kid, this kid, this kid, and then you yeah. that half is over and you go to another game and you mark down this kid, this yeah. kid, this kid, and then you contact them and you get this big pool and then you narrow it down. Yeah, and my yeah. pool starts smaller, but I get to like really pay attention to the kid and, and yeah. get to know the nuances yeah. of their game. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still a lot of work. Let's, I'm not you yeah, know, yeah. kidding. You know, you still got to yeah. put the time in because a lot of kids are going to say sure. no, right? Sure, sure, Before sure. you get the yeses. But, yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, I spoke to, I think it was um, Coach Adam Clinton at um, RPI um, who said the same thing? He goes, "You'd be surprised how how much focus it puts in on your recruiting pool, just because you immediately eliminate kids who just aren't STEM kids, right? Like you yeah. don't have an inclination for it. And there's a certain that that's actually a good thing, right? Because you know you can you could lose." You could lose yourself in a recruiting class that you're trying to find guys out of that if you have hundreds of kids, right? Whereas if you're narrowed it down, you know, I only know these 50 kids are going to be remotely interested in coming to my school. I don't know if those numbers are right, but it's just sort of like, okay, so I can focus my time on those 50 rather than on the other yeah. 150. Well, a lot of times when kids email me, and if the yeah. email is kind of vague, you know, where yeah. I'm like, okay, they, they kind of looked up MSOE, but they... I'm not sure. Kind of didn't. Yeah, and I, I just I just have a one-sentence response. What do you want to study? Rob H. Yeah. And if they yeah. come back with something that makes sense, then I start to talk. And if they if they never respond, I'm like, okay, they're not. They're not. Yeah. They're like, not. I, I told you, after we talked, I told uh, my, I told simple player number two uh, about you guys. I'm like, they're engineering. I was like, you might want to reach out. And he's like, I'm not going to Milwaukee. <laughs> Sorry, I I tried to recruit. Has he for not you. seen my walk and talks? Does he not know how great Milwaukee is? I, I mean, I like I said, I'm like watch those, and they're like a siren song. Like you're gonna love Milwaukee. You know, my wife just um, showed me something last night that we have the per capita most amount of like entertainment seats in mm-hmm. the entire United States. So like theater, music venues, yeah. and everything. So per capita, Milwaukee has the most amount of seats for view, like for going to concerts, plays, musicals, yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that. That was like I, kind of cool. You live it. Yeah. That's why you don't know it. You live it. But it, but it actually is true because we have like we have music. Yeah, you know, we have Broadway across America tickets, play tickets, yeah. Bucks tickets. Yeah. You know, like we do all yeah, of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, um, let's talk a little bit about soccer. What's your overall assessment of the season? Just off the top of your head, if somebody asks you, hey, how'd you guys do? Um, well, I'll be, uh, okay, I, well, I'm nothing but honest. That's kind of my nature. I don't do well with anything else. Um, I think anybody in coaching gets this. You know, we finished 13, 3, and 4. We only lost mm-hmm. to two teams. Um, I was heartbroken over losing in the semifinals of our conference tournament. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I tell people, like, you know, all those years of club soccer, um, 
when you lose a club soccer game and it's like that soul sucking loss, right? Yeah. You lose the game and you're like, <sighs> yeah. And then you stand up and you put your backpack on and you walk a hundred yards down yeah. and you coach another game. And when yeah. you lose a game in college, like that final game of the season, like that's it. You got to wait nine months. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, man, we, we had a really good year and a lot of really cool moments during the season. Um, and I think, you know, what, what we, that was November, you know, now we're in December, so it's about a month gone. I think I've gained perspective and I go, yeah, that was a pretty damn good year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I'm like, a, you don't get into coaching if you're not, you know. Ambitious. Yeah, and crazy competitive, like it's just who you yeah. are, right? So, yeah. you know, you've heard about like, the guy who came home to be with his dad and, and the guy who likes to write, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I read books and go to musicals and plays. And then besides that, <laughs> you know, I'm a loon who can't handle losing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think objectively a really good season, you know, but like, um, I actually told my wife, I go, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I go, but I think I need therapy. I think I honestly need therapy. I'm like, I'm so bothered, you know. And, and she, I go, I go, but I'm not gonna go get a. Therapy. How do you think I feel? Yeah. And, she, and I go, what do you think I need to do? And she goes, you need to go coach. Like you just yeah, need to go yeah. coach. And I go, well, that's the problem with D three soccer. I can't go coach yeah. right now. I'm not allowed to coach. Yeah. And then she goes, uh, well, have you thought about taking a club team? And I go, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Even though, like. I do miss that world. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to add that to my plate. Like, this, yeah. like I just told you, yeah. we have this nice life now. And if you're doing yeah. club soccer, it's 24-7 all year. No, you're everything. Done. Your nice life anyway, goes out the window. So I, I you talked about it. the rabbit hole. I just turned it. Was it a good season? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a good season. It was a good season. It, it was tough yeah. losing when we lost um, after doing so well. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you know, losing in the last three minutes on a corner kick was rough is that what it was yeah it was one one it was one one we lost two one on a corner yeah yeah and last year we lost in the 87th minute in the semifinals on a corner kick oh my you gosh know. so you know i think the game's trying to tell you something coach yeah you know like i think that might be something you need to work yeah on. It's, a, it's not a mystery <laughs> yeah i think we, <laughs> no, yeah. we gave up i think it was like 19 goals this season and 14 of them were set plays yeah no, okay, not, so we yeah, there's a trend there. there there's a trend, yeah. <laughs> identifiable trend based on data, yeah. right? Unfortunately, they um, weren't all the same set play, so it was like yeah, you know, some penalty kicks yeah. and some free yeah. kicks, eh, and some wide free whatever. kicks, and yeah. a couple of corner kicks, and yeah. a throw in or two, and you know, enough to make me not sleep at night. So yeah, yeah, that's you know, I get that. Yeah. Hey, um, what what surprised you about this te- about your team this year? Um, I think it was, um, the, the, I mean, I can't come up with the best word for it, but grit, you know, Mm -hmm. like when we, so we started out the season and we're just kicking butt, right? And we're beating everybody. Um, and some of the teams we probably just should have beat, like we were just flat out better than them. And then we played Elmhurst, who's a decent team, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was on a Monday. It was a weird day for a game. So actually, 
we weren't supposed to play them. We were supposed to play somebody else, and there was a coaching change, and and they didn't realize we were on the schedule, that kind of stuff. So I had to yeah. go find a game. So I, I got Elmhurst, yeah. and we we go down to Elmhurst, and we're playing on a Monday afternoon. You know, and then the kids actually had to get out of class, which doesn't happen class. much much for us. Yeah, we go down there, and we're playing fine, and we're out playing them, and we hit the post a few times, and all this, and right at the end of half, we give up a goal that if you're Elmhurst and you watch the goal, you would be like, what, like, a tough, hard-nosed, like, gritty goal they scored, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, And yeah. if you're MSOE, you're going, my God, are we a bunch of wimps? Can somebody not tackle? <laughs> like, what the hell are we doing, right? So it's, it's one nothing at half, and we get a couple chances right at the start of half, and then we give up two more goals on wide free kicks, right? Mm-hmm. And we're down 3-0. And so that was like 25 minutes left. We're down three nothing, and um, we came back and tied it three to three, scoring the last goal in the last 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a um, like just a really calm, like it, <laughs> you you would get this, but like you have you have engineering kids, right? These are these are not, you know kids who yell and scream and are a bunch of experts. They're not emotional. Right. They don't know emotion. Right. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> they, like... we have this comeback and it's like, you know, they'll get, they're like any, they're human beings. So yeah. robots, but like they're yelling and screaming on the sideline, but it's not, you know, that crazy kind that some people yeah, have. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. Like everybody's got yeah, their own yeah. culture, but just their ability to go, and oh, we got some work to do and, and do it. Yeah. Like they were just great at it. They, even when, yeah. We, um, like, if I would watch a game and I thought we played bad, when I rewatched the game, I thought, you know, we never didn't work hard. Yeah, like it was yeah. never a, a hard work thing. There were things that didn't happen. You know, maybe yeah. we didn't combine well enough. Maybe, you know, yeah. a player maybe tried to do something too special on their own instead of, you know, yeah. playing with others better. But there yeah. was always this attitude that we can, we're in the game, that we can come back. Mm. And so, you know, that game was especially special because we scored in the last, you know, 30 seconds. It felt like yeah. a win, right? But we were down 2-0 um, in, our, in a conference game, came back and tied it 2-2. We tied mm-hmm. a game in the 87th minute to make it 1-1, you know? So we just weren't out of games. And even our losses, if you watch the end of the game, it's us knocking on the door, right? We only had yeah. three losses, but it's like... You know, it's the ball just going by. The you were right there. Yeah. I think the only one was that first Aurora defeat, right? It was 2 nothing. Yeah. That seemed to be the biggest one, like the well, we look at yeah, the it was score the, difference. It, was, our large, it yeah. was the only game we didn't score in. And it yeah. was the only game, well, we only lost three games, but it was we lost by two yeah. goals. And it was yeah, a late, yeah. their second one was a late goal. Late. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you're pushed up trying to get the equalizer. Yeah. I figured. Yeah, and I, yeah. you don't want me to go through all the details of that. No, no okay. <laughs> you can. I just, like I, three guys around the ball not tackling, and then yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh that that now I could see you're you're getting all in a gander now. You're starting to twitch. Like how did they not tackle him? Right. <laughs> right. And but and that, and that's what I say. Like I went back and watched that game, and um, you know, for all the coaches, like I don't have. Um, you know, this huge assistant coaching staff, and I don't have, like, mm-hmm. the ability to do all the analytics. But actually, mm-hmm. after that game, I did. I watched the game three times and did analytics, right? And yeah. I wrote down, like, you know, took statistics on everything. 
And mm-hmm. so I could show the, the guys on the team, like, hey, I've been telling you we need to do this better. Well, now here's the evidence. Right. It's yeah, right yeah. here. You know, like yeah. we lost this many second balls in the game. You yeah, know? yeah. And we didn't combine well. Well, hey, in that game, it was like, without me going into the full detail, like, you know, we have a team that keeps the ball pretty well and tries things. In that yeah. game, I think we attempted three wall passes and completed one. And I'm like, how, yeah. how do you play an entire soccer game and attempt, like, only attempt three wall passes? Yeah, like, unless yeah. you're just counterattacking, which is cool. I'm not yeah. against what teams do. You will yeah, watch yeah. us in 2019. You would have seen us counterattack like crazy, and we were yeah. pretty good at it. But, um, like, not to the way we play. I'm like, mm-hmm. so the kids did not not try hard, but there's just things they didn't do. So you go back to yeah. details like that, and that was the only time I did that all year because it, like I said, I had to watch the game three times to write down all yeah. this stuff. It took a little bit. I I know I know how tracking stats is not easy to do in the D three world because of the having to watch video. I this all whole channel started with me counting passes and counting passes across like a hundred and fifty games and like trying to make some semblance of does passing matter and a bunch of different stuff. And yeah. I started my first video and, and, and I realized any time I think about different stats that I would like to do, how onerous that, that can be. And you're just, in, you know, e- even just sort of looking at a team and trying to do like an evaluation of a team, it takes time. Like, it's not something that you could do in 30 minutes and come up with some crafty stats that say, oh, we got to do this, we got to do it. Like, if you want to do it right, you got to watch, rewatch. Did yeah. I capture it right? Is this right? Is that? Well, so. and the other thing is with, with stats and analytics and stuff, it, it's real, mm-hmm. like, and it, it's healthy. But um, we shouldn't, I'm, I'm sure you know who Bob Gansler is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, you know, famous. And he's US a national team, guy, right? So I, yeah. I grew up playing with his legend. Club. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to know him pretty well, and and um, mm-hmm. I'll go to breakfast with him every once in a while, right? And I was mm-hmm. asking him about analytics, and uh, and he's great too because he's like, right, no nonsense, yeah. just goes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's all good, but if you can't see it, you can't coach. Yeah, you know, and so I think. Yeah when you know what what all the numbers and the analytics does for us is it either takes what we've already seen and it reconfirms it yeah or in cases Converse, it, yeah it, it's yep. going to give you a little info that you hadn't thought of before and so yeah. i think it's important like that that we use it you know but it's also you can't get away from like the fact that hey when you you know you're doing an overlap right is it's like are you just doing an overlap or is there a little bit of like the defender doesn't know where the ball's going right are you coaching that part right mm-hmm. and what's the timing yeah, yeah. of it right and all that kind of stuff so purpose i would say purpose timing runs yeah right like yeah. are you doing it with a purpose are you doing is your timing right and are you actually making the run which is what i noticed that's my big stat lately is what i look at is is runs are guys actually making runs and i don't think that that's the case. I think that's where most teams fall down. But. Right, and and you. By the way, you you watch it and you think that, and then you go back and go, well, okay, let me get the stats on it and see if it's really true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the danger is if you fall down this, you know, rabbit hole, if you will, of of just looking at stats, 
-hmm. you can overwhelm yourself with these numbers, right? Yeah. And if you never use them, you're just not using a tool that would be helpful for you. Yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But I go back to what you know, Coach Gansler said, which is like, well, you still have to be able to see it. You have yeah. to be able to watch it and see it and make yeah, observations yeah, yeah. because, yeah. like, that's your skill. That's you know, yeah. big skill as a coach is to be able to see what's actually happening. Yeah. And if you get caught up waiting for the statistics, you know, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna lose, you know, your talent essentially. Yeah. You know. Um, that that's a that's a good point because statistics you can can blind you to the real problem or to the real issue, right? Like it can it can turn you away from what the real what you're trying to really solve for and point you, and misdirect you if you're not careful with them, right? And if you're not using them in the right way. Yeah. To me, it just ends up being color. I statistics for me is color. Like, hey, I, I know. The, the passing one was pretty easy, right? Because it's like every coach I talk to, every single one, always says, well, we want to possess the ball. We want to, Well, how do you possess the ball? Well, you possess the ball by passing the ball. Okay, so if you're a possession-based team, you have to be able to pass well. And then if you do the analytics, you're like, you're really not a passing team, so how's your possession work out there, right? Like, And you see the teams better up the scale. Anyhow, I, again, another yeah. one where I just sort of go off and like, well, and, and, and look like with the pat, like, you know, every kid will ask you when, when they're recruiting, like, what, what's your style of play? Yeah. And, you know, my response is always the same is like, well, who's on my team? Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. like, you know, I pointed out in 2019, we were really good at counterattacking, right? Well, we had a, a center forward or, or attacking mid, depending on, like, he usually started attacking mid, but he was a beast. Yeah. At counterattacking, right? And scored goals like crazy. But he was not a guy that was combining and all that kind of stuff. And then the guy that played kind of in tandem with him was a converted center back who was super talented and kind of didn't know it. Um, mm -hmm. But but he was great in the counter, right? He was great yeah. at, like, you know, threading a through ball and doing all this stuff. And then our other players, like, our wide players were guys who worked hard. They weren't mm -hmm. 1v1 guys. They weren't. Mm -hmm. super possession guys they were yeah, they were yeah. good defensively i'm like well what are we going to do play possession soccer with with yeah. kids who aren't good at it like we're just going to get destroyed yeah. and so we countered and we were great at it you know yeah. well now we can play now you play play more yeah, yeah. well but we got guys who can do it you know do it. yeah yeah you know we yeah. got we got outside backs who can play we got you know in in every position on the field really we're 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 pretty good at passing and in some yeah. you know places were really good, um, mm -hmm. and we got some depth. So, yeah. yeah, do we play that way now? Yeah, you know, because <laughs> we can. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not because you can. Yeah, yeah. You know. No, that's very true. I again, I it is it is again sort of the how it started was was that like no one no one tells ever tells me. I'd love to be possession based, but we're basically root wanting it all the time because that's all I have the capacity, uh, the capability to do. Every coach to T. Oh, possession based, you know, almost like throwaway lines. But no, I never um, say that. I, sort of, I always say who's yeah. on our team. Yeah, like yeah. if we can do it, and, then, and it's the true. Way, the opponent matters too. Like I don't know, yeah, we can yeah. play the University of Chicago. Maybe yeah. if we play, you know, who just won the national team. Maybe we play the University yeah, of yeah. Chicago. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it might be start. Route One, and possession might not be your top priority. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> look at Stevens, 
right? Steven's a really, really good team in possession, really knows with a purpose. And that second half against Chicago, they they were defending 11 deep. You know, like right. it was, they were defending deep. And because that's all they could do. Because look who you're playing. Chicago just sort of started to own it. Yeah. So. Hey, so two things. Two, two things. Um, and, and Coach Clinton at RPI said this, which is why it came up. RPI uh, is what, by the way? Uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute okay. in New York. Similar school to you. Yeah. Which is why, right? Simple yep. player number two. I figured that. I just uh, wasn't sure what that. He, he, he mentioned, he said, look, I coach a bunch of engineers. And to them, the only way to really coach them is if you, you present things to them as problems to solve. And I thought, huh, that's a really interesting way to put it. Because that's very true. It's, it's ve Again, for me, when I was a player, you wanted me to play really well. And you wanted really me to get, like, get me riled up. Like, that's all it took. Like, I was just a purely emotional blue collar. Just yeah. fire me up and let me go. My, my son, simple player number two, even as a goalkeeper, to him, it's all analysis. Why did I let that goal in? And he wants to understand. And then you see him making these adjustments. And I see it all the time with him, making adjustments to his game as to, you know, how to fix that again, you know, and how to solve for that yeah. again. And it's like, yeah. I always remember that from Coach Clinton. You'll love this. Eng um, engineer when problems. I started coaching, the, my assistant coaches who were former um, students here, right? Mm -hmm. They they had a bet going on how many times I would say we're a, we're a team of problem solvers. <laughs> I love that. It's true though. Yeah. It's like personality matters, right? Yeah. Personnel and personality matters because otherwise. Yeah. That's why I think coaches are really good. Some coaches are really good. Some aren't, right? Why? Because they know how to manage the person to the personality, right? Yeah. If you had a bunch of artists, if you had a bunch of English majors, would you be telling them to solve problems? No, <laughs> that wouldn't quite work yeah. that way. Enjoy the beauty of the moment. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, As you step onto the lovely grass field. Yeah. Um, second thing, the these and I'll send I'll put the link down there because I just I literally found it the the Chicago Tribune guy it's a name guy guy by the name of Rick Morrissey no. yeah that was the guy that I emailed to oh, and he became, okay okay yeah 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 yeah, the, yep. the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. sorry again when it go down rabbit holes sometimes you sort of cross yeah, back yeah, into back. Yeah. the different path uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so Rick Morrissey was the sports writer. He just said I, he didn't like soccer, though, right? He wrote a column where he said soccer was terrible or some sort. And then I invited him, and his co follow-up column actually mentions me. Like, and where are you from? New Jersey. And he's like, are you kidding me? He came from New Jersey? Like, I'll send it to you, but I'll also post it down. There was a, one of the, the stories I wrote. Like, a couple of them mm -hmm. were more like essays, and um, one of them was about... Um, God, I, I can't remember the exact story, but it was about like people who dislike soccer, right? Mm -hmm. And um, finding that like people were calling it un-American, yeah, you know, yeah, and stuff like this, and communist, and communist, yeah. And I was really like entertained by it. Actually, I was like, well, that's insane because the one thing <laughs> that that like 
So you get people who are upset, like the national team's not better, or they don't. Think, yeah, yeah. They yeah, don't yeah. think soccer's popular enough. Like, when will soccer yeah, get yeah. popular? And I'm like, God, when I was growing up, we were watching soccer made in Germany. Soccer made in Germany. Yep. Yep. And it was a one hour show. And frankly, yep. I played soccer and I loved it. I could have cared less. Like I had yeah. no, like soccer made in Germany. No... And our coach would be like, "Oh, did you watch it?" And I'm like. Well, you know, because I'm like, it, yeah. I couldn't identify with it, right? There was yeah. nothing to identify yeah. with. I was like, no, I watched the Packer game, and you know, I yeah. still listen, go to sleep to the Bucks, you know, and yeah. and like, I'm an American who plays soccer, yeah, and that was yeah. the '80s and everything, and then where we are now, with like multiple professional leagues, and everywhere people are wearing jerseys, you yeah. know, all, all you know. The fact that I can walk down the street I live in, and I could go to the bar at seven a.m. at seven a.m. Yeah. and it's open to watch soccer yeah. games on Saturday. Soccer games? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. we've come so far as a country in this sport. Ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. for people Ridic to be yeah. upset that we're not further along yeah. is insane to me. Yeah. And by the insane. way, it's not our national sport. Like no. it's not. So it doesn't need to be like more popular than football or baseball or basketball. Like I don't know. I'm, I'm on my soapbox now, but. I don't really care. Like it's come so far, yeah. it's awesome. Kids play it; they like it. People who never played soccer go to games. You know, yep. can tell me who plays for Man City. Yeah, you yeah. Know? that never would have happened. And so, I could spend a weekend. I can spend any anyone can. I could spend a weekend watching soccer all weekend long. Well, growing up, I I could there could be months where I never got to watch a game. Just because it wasn't on, like there was nothing on. The first, like you might be able to appreciate this, the first full game I watched in my life on TV, and it was by chance, was France versus Germany in the semifinals of the 1982 World Cup. Do you know the I, game? I was in, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there at that time. What? In, in Spain. I was in Spain. I lived in Spain at that time. Yeah. In 82, you lived in Spain? In 82, I lived in Spain, yeah. Up until um, 84. Yeah. yeah, so you were probably in. So, but that was the first game I watched. And if, if you remember, it, it was like 1-1 at the end of regulation. Yep. And then went to 3-1 France. France, 3-3 yep. Germany. And then just Schumacher. Not Schumacher. Body Stone. Yes. Body Stone. Yeah. Like, not yeah. cold. And from then on, I hated the Germans. Nearly killed the guy, right? Like, that was the play. Yeah. Near, yeah. Like, they... That was crazy. Yeah, and it made yeah. me hate the Germans. Hate Germans. Hate the Germans. I was like, well, they're evil. You know, they're, they're, yeah. the Germans are yeah. evil, right? And I've lived in like that like was definitely a crazy, yeah, in the United States. You know, Milwaukee is the most yeah. German place ever. Right? <laughs> Us in St. Louis, you can't get more German than Milwaukee yeah. in St. Louis, right? No, no, no. And uh, but I like hated the Germans, but like yeah. that was I would think I was in seventh grade, right? And that was mm -hmm. the first full game I watched. Yeah. And I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Now, of course, I saw, like, I didn't just see a soccer game. Like, I saw an epic game with, with yeah. you know, heroes and villains and, you know, and, like, had everything and, and kind of, like, mm -hmm. you know, it was 82, you know, France versus Germany. You still yeah, got, yeah. like, a war thing going on there, kind of. and um, Yeah, yeah. So it was, like, I am... everything all embroiled into mm -hmm. one, and that, that, like, sparked my love of watching yeah. it and then i had to wait four years <laughs> yeah then i had to wait four years to watch another game really 
So I moved to Spain in 1978, and basically they didn't have baseball. So what was I going to do at eight years, nine years old? They needed a goalie. So I'm like, I got good hand-eye coordination, so I became a goalie for this team. Um, came back, and, and, and I became a, and still am, a member of Barcelona, and I became a member of Espanol, the other team in Barcelona. And so every Sunday I was going to a game, whether that was at, Bar- at Camp Nou or at the time it was Sarria, which is not, doesn't exist anymore. They now play Cornellà de Prat, which is a little bit outside the city. But um, <clears throat> so, so there was soccer galore for me, fully immersive. World Cup came around in '82. You know, I saw the balloons float up out of the Cam No when they had opening ceremonies and all that stuff. Anyhow, I moved back in '84. It was like. No, it was, it, you might as well, hey, you're, you're, you know, you're in the ocean, you're loving life, it's beautiful, cool water, and then you go to the Sahara Desert. Like, that was what it was like. Like, just not, there was nothing. Yeah. Nothing. That's real. The 86 World Cup, I was so excited for it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you're, like, if you talk about, we all know that the information age has changed everything. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. 1986, I watched um, or I read in Sports Illustrated about a three-page article on the World Cup, right? So now yeah. I'm in, in high school. I guess I'm like a, yeah. a junior or something like that and uh, or sophomore. And there's a, there's a little bit piece on Diego Maradona, right? Mm-hmm. And they talk about like, well, this is the best player How in the world. How great this guy. Yeah, right? yeah. This Diego Maradona. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know who Diego Maradona was, right? Maradona, yeah. but I fell in love. Like at a man crush, because yeah, like, yeah. he was yeah. five five, right? And I'm yeah. five six. And nothing. I thought, yeah, well, yeah. I'm Maradona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? you so, look like him. I mean, yeah, it's... right. There's something. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, anyway, so I watched that World Cup and I watched it religiously, and it was mostly yeah. on, you know, the Spanish, the Telemundo. Spanish, Telemundo, Univision, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so I didn't, I yeah. didn't know a lick of Spanish, but I could sing, uh, you know, Quezon Budweiser, Espado. <laughs> that was uh, every commercial. Was that every commercial. commercial, every break. Yeah. Every, I still yeah, don't yeah. know what that means, but drink Budweiser, I guess. But yeah, but uh, like that was everything to me, like that mm-hmm. World Cup, and then it, you know, and then that man crush I had, you know, Maradona, just like. Yeah, went through the roof because I'd never seen yeah, anything yeah. like that before, right? Yeah, but in '86 was his World Cup, right? Like he, yeah. he was fantastic. Yeah, there. I'd never, I, I was like, yeah. I'd never seen anything like that, you know? Yeah, like, I was, like that's it was yeah. over. I watched him. I, I watched him play at Barcelona quite till he broke, like they shattered his leg. Goico Echea just shattered his leg, which was the beginning of his drugs and all that kind of stuff, but. um yeah, he was he was something special. Watching him float around the field, you're just like, and then he'd get the ball, and you're like, he could kill anybody at that point. Like, just go. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was it, what was so cool about it is he was he was small, yet he was mm-hmm. intimidating. Yeah. Like he just was intimidating. Yeah. Like he had a presence yeah. about him, you know that. Yeah. I can't think of any player in history that had that combo. Like I'm not saying he's the. Yeah. 
the greatest that ever. He's the greatest in my mind. Yeah, ever yeah, was yeah, just because yeah. of what he like meant to my like love of the game yeah. at that time yeah, of my life. Yeah. But um, he was he just seemed terrifying to play against. Yeah, you know, like there was a, a oh, I... an edge to him, like this yeah. nasty edge to him that you added yeah. to like this beauty that he could, yeah. that he could yeah. perform, and, and it's very true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he wasn't afraid to mix it up. I mean, he came from. Right, he came from nothing, so he he knew like his survival, right? Like, and I think that's the way he sort of had in it. That that was part of his game, definitely. Was aside from the skill and all that, the really pure part of the soccer part. There was a little bit of an, you want to go down, I'll go down with you. Come on, let's yeah. go. <laughs> you know, yeah, I got a, that that added that added dimension, right? To I got that, a friend who's that, from to... from Napoli, right? Mm-hmm. And like, if you try to claim that anybody's better than Maradona, he just, <laughs> good luck. No, that's not, I laugh. I laugh at anybody <laughs> saying, that. "How could anybody, <laughs> you know, how could anybody believe it?" Yeah, that's that's just Especially craziness. There. Yeah. Um. Hey, so let me ask you some 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 rule things, really quick. The you had three ties. Does four. what are your thoughts on four ties? Four ties. Yeah. Four ties. Four ties. Yes. Sorry about that. Um, like, what? What do you think the rule change? Has it been a net positive, net negative for you not having OT? Um, you know, it, it's fun. My, my funny myself and the women's coach. We argued about this at length <laughs> before the season started. You know, because apparently soccer yeah. coaches have nothing better to do than argue about these <laughs> But. Um, you know, I, I I always boil down to things to simple things like, well, if you'd asked me like that game that we scored with thirty seconds left to tie it, would I have liked overtime? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like we're on a roll. <laughs> like I think we win the game if we go to overtime. I really want overtime that game. You know, at least so, you're honest, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like I, I think <clears throat> you know they they did it for the health of the players. But mm-hmm. I really, and I think it's it's a fair rule, you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't change anything, you know, because of no overtime. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you're coaching, you, you coach based on what's going on in the game. And there's some games where, you know, when it's, when you tie it at the end, you kind of like take a deep breath and go, all right, well, thank God that ended. We escaped with a tie, right? Mm-hmm. And there's other games where you go, oh, we could use 20 more minutes because we're we got them, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think it really depends on, you know, who your team is, that particular game depth. You know, we were deep, mm-hmm. so I would tell you most of our ties it probably would have helped us to, you know, mm. to have um, overtime because I thought we yeah. have a deep team and I think we could have outlasted. A couple of the teams mm-hmm. and, and got a result in OT. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, it's it's very. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not angry about it. it yeah, yeah. I'd say this, like, you know, you have a. We have this compact little season, right? And everybody yeah. knows it's tough because you're sitting there and you, you barely train your team. You're either like recovering, yeah. or prepping for the next game. Yeah, yeah. And all that. Yeah. So adding 20 more minutes and beating up the kids can be tough. Or if you're on the road and then you just added another 45 minutes and then the kids are getting home at really late, depending on the school you're at. I mean, for us, Mm -hmm. it's not as tough as it is to other places. 
Um, right. So I think there's all legitimate reasons for the rule change. Um, I mean, for the excitement of the game. Hey, it's, it. you know, I'm not a fan of Golden Goal because of weather. You know, like if you start the half and you got like a yeah. mile per hour wind behind you, that's a little bit of range yeah, or yeah. something. But it sure makes it entertaining, right? Like when you have those endings where you score a goal and everybody's jumping on top of each other and rushing onto the yeah. like that's fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I, I'm not really for or against the overtime rule. I think the mm-hmm. the only tough thing is you don't have overtime, and then if you get to postseason, you're playing overtime. Right, yeah. and you haven't prepped for it all year. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, big deal. There's bigger problems yeah. in the world than trying to sort that yeah. out. So I, I don't really care whether we have had it or not. Our last game of the season against Wisconsin Lutheran College, they needed to win to get in our conference tournament, and they had a great year. Like, there's the weird part of our conference mm-hmm. is these teams that had great years, like, didn't make yeah. our conference tournament. Um, we needed to win to get a bye in the first round and possibly win the conference outright and we uh-huh. tied each other and um it would have been interesting to see what overtime would have been like that game but i can tell you the last 20 yeah. minutes was really entertaining because it was two teams that yeah. really wanted the goal wanted to win yeah, yeah and so yeah. you like they would get a chance and we'd get a chance yeah. and yeah, you know, yeah. the midfield disappeared, and it was just... Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're just going like this, yeah. like, where the heck's the yeah, ball? Everybody's just going yeah. and sending yeah. extra players, and then they're going back. And then at the end yeah. of the game, you know, it's one of those awful, you know, it looks like the final scene from Gone with the yeah. Wind. Every player just, like... It drops yeah, on the drop, ground. Because nobody's yeah, yeah. happy. Right? Nobody's <laughs> no. happy. We're thinking... We and their been, legs are killing them. They're so tired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're thinking we should have been outright conference champs, and they didn't get this yeah. shot at the, the yeah. tournament after having... You know yeah. the best season they'd had in years. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. That's it's the rule. I'm I'm not. Let me feel one way or another. Let me ask. I I had a conversation with Coach Brandon Bianco at Denison University, and he's part of whatever rules committee thing. And he was talking about a possibility of extending the season, like a week on the f- on the front and a week on the back so you end up getting like somewhere ends up being like 10 to 12 additional days to a season is that something that you think would be good like would be good for would that be something that you would like if you had an extra five days preseason or you could come into you can come into camp five days earlier a week earlier yeah i mean i'm a soccer coach so i'd love it (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know? um, I think there's uh, there's what what I like it. Yeah, I I do believe like one of the tough things is the kids come to play college soccer and our season is essentially too short. Yeah, you know, like if I compare it to basketball or something, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's a pretty short, compact season. Yeah. So making it a little longer, you know, you maybe you could handle the health of the players better. You know, it'd be interesting to see what that would do. Like, would people, would you be allowed the same amount of games? Would people try to schedule mm-hmm. more games? You know, what would that look mm-hmm. like if you did that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for our kids, and certainly in the Midwest and the East Coast, um, like, we're not going to, we're not going to have any problem with August practices. If you're down south, yeah. it's, you know, hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So they deal with the heat a little more. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I, I would like it. 
you know. But but there's a lot of things that, you know, when you're just coaching, if you're not in this, you don't think about budgets. You don't think about yeah, you know, yeah. house the kids yeah. for five extra days yeah. and get yeah. meals for them and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And and those are real issues to schools. Um, yeah. That the trainers got to be there, you know, five days early now. Like they just yeah. lost five days of their summer yeah. break, you know. Yeah. So I think there's loads of things like that that people don't think about um, that are real, right? Like yeah, they just yeah. think about the sport of soccer. Like, yeah, they care yeah. about soccer. And I'm not saying yeah. uh, the gentleman that you talked about mm-hmm. doesn't care about that. I just know that since I've worked here, I'm, I'm much more aware of the impact yeah. of every decision and how it impacts different people. For our kids, almost yeah. all of our kids get internships, right? Yeah. And so their internships can have to end earlier. Sooner. Earlier, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, the, the the downstream, right? I it's the always the hardest thing. You make a decision like that, what's the impact? You know, there's the financial impact and there's the personal impact and you're you know, like you said, I didn't even think about that. You're impacting somebody's like either internship, which is really important, or their, you know, vacation that they don't get because they only have two months out of the year where they get to sort of unwind without having sport to deal with sport like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you but, talk about um, jobs like sports information director at a college yeah. or athletic trainer. Yeah. Like they are on the whim of everything we do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Us sports. And yeah. When our sports like, Oh, we're going to do a little more. Well, suddenly the sports yeah. information director's got a bunch of more work that, yeah. that he, he yeah. doesn't, he or she does not get to decide when yeah. like they are working They're They're at your work. Yeah. Same thing with like athletic trainers. Yeah. Right. People yeah. go into this and then they find out, oh, I'm completely at the whim of the sport. Oh, yeah. we've added a practice, you know? Yeah. Oh, have you thought about yeah. the fact that the athletic trainer is supposed to be at that practice, right? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, again, these are things that you talk about and you think about. And I, I just, like I said, the downstream, like the downstream effect of sort of what that decision yeah. is. Well, like the, the you split know, you... season, right? So Yeah. Oh, that to me is. You know? But it's really interesting because I think. As a soccer person, you go, yeah, well, you know, boy, it would, would it be better if we had one game a week and it was yeah. stretched out more and health-wise, would it be better? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I can tell you at a lot of schools, not the big schools, right, but a lot of smaller schools, you are mm-hmm. going to, you would tax their support staff and their facility. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. no one talked about that. Like, I never heard it no. mentioned once, but like. All of a sudden, you add yeah. soccer to the spring, along with all those other yeah. sports. Well, you might have schools that they got lacrosse going on on the soccer yeah. field, and now how are they going to yeah. have a soccer season when they got men's and women's lacrosse going on? And now you try to add soccer to it. Like people aren't consi- like people who do those things don't consider that a lot of schools no. would be under those restrictions. Yeah, you, know, you, you might. As, to me, you know. Yeah, well, wow, that would be great. Anytime, anytime you could sort of align the game to sort of the way it is elsewhere, like it's it's better, right? But understanding that the that college, collegiate athletics, that might not be the air that that might not be the objective, right? <laughs> like it's not the objective to make the college game more like for all intents and purposes, the European game or what the model is that the, they play all year long and all yeah. that stuff. That's not, that's not necessarily the objective. Yeah. The, the, 
it doesn't surprise me that the only schools that are really, I don't want to say in favor of, like really pressing the two-semester two, two season model are the ones that, one, have the money that they could just throw at. Whatever they need to do to set this up, they can do it. So they have the facilities to do it, right? And they just – and. To me, it just oh, it's just really unrealistic. So that's why I said, "Hey, take not you, but college soccer D three. Aim for a week." All I've been saying when I started the whole thing that led to this conversation with Coach Bianco was I was just saying, "Why not just add five days to preseason? How hard can that be? Can't be that expensive." Knowing that there's an expense. Yeah. Um, that to me sounded a lot more reasonable than saying you're going to split the season. And yeah, I think I mean overall, I would like it. You know, yeah, I would like yeah. it. It would be, yeah, it would be fun. Although I'll I'll tell you, you'll appreciate this. Like, my family does a golf outing to raise money for Alzheimer's, and uh-huh. if we moved it five days forward, we'd have to move our golf outing now. <laughs> <laughs> you really do a golf outing? Yeah. You're gonna to have to send me information on that because I would, I, I, if I can swing it, I would love to attend. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send play. you info on it. Yeah, we've raised. Yeah, um, we average a little over thirty, thirty thousand dollars a year. Doing That's it. fantastic. And it's, um, it's fantastic. It's like I think my brother now works with the Alzheimer's Association, and I think he, uh, the statistic he told me is like we're one of the biggest, like family run. And fundraisers. Um, yeah, yeah, fundraisers in the country. Wow. You know, for doing that. That's fantastic. So. I used to I used to be like on the the like the walk, right? The yeah, annual the, Alzheimer's walk. I used to do that quite a bit early on. Yeah. Was, we uh, actually our first was, game of the season we raised money for Alzheimer's now too. Um we play oh, against that's fantastic. UW Platteville and their coaches. Yeah. Mom had got early on oh, some Alzheimer's. And so we, oh. when we play each other, we, we raise money. We did it for the yeah. first year this year, and we got, like, the flag, the corner flags, our little all yeah. flags. And, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And actually, here it is. I got a T-shirt right here, so that's it. All right. How, what, do I, what, do I, um, what do I have to send you dollar-wise as a donation for your cause to get a T-shirt? You want one of those T-shirts? I'll send it to you. But you should donate. No, 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 I want to make. I, donate. Yes, I want to make a donation. So yeah. I'll send you twenty bucks. There Is that go. fair? Twenty five bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's cheap. All right. but that's fine. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I no, that is. I was gonna say that's awesome fundraising on that. It's like, oh come on, you can do better than yeah. twenty bucks. I right? just give you crap. Um, <laughs> no, that's no, awesome. but I'll. I'll um, yeah, this coming yeah. here. Okay. I'll, I'll contact right. you about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. So you go 13-3 and 4, you lose in the semis as you mentioned. You you went 10-0-1, which is how again I noticed you because yeah. you were at that point you were one of I'm going to say 10 undefeated teams at that at, at that level and you you and that's until you lost to Concordia Wisconsin. Yeah. You know you know, this is, I think, from what I checked, at least in your tenure, this is probably the best start. That was like the best start that one of your teams had 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 gone 10 games. On, ten. I think we were looking it up because the, uh, the assistant coaches, like I said, played at MSOE and they, mm-hmm. they played for Jimmy. And almost yeah. every year, like 
we we had to go back. I don't know how many years to find when we won an opener. We almost every yeah. year had lost every the right out game. of the game. Yeah. Now yeah. we kind of stopped that. Like we've been kind of a streak in a win, winning the opening yeah. game the last couple of years. But for like years, Sweet. we lost the yeah. the opener Some every sort, year. Yeah. Every year, yeah. So like so, to to have a streak of winning at the beginning, yeah. I mean, did you at any given point as your streak is going, were you thinking, man, we got something special here? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a guy who coached. I think, uh, to be honest, like, as as we were winning, I for sure was like, okay, we're good. I don't. I'm not afraid of anybody. Like there wasn't, mm-hmm. I, honestly, like there's no team in the country. I don't think we can play with. I know we're not better than everybody like, or, you know, mm-hmm. better than the top teams, but I'm like, I'm not afraid of them. I think right. the biggest thing to happen is on the streak. I started to go, you start to feel a little bit of pressure to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like you can feel pressure when you're losing too much and you can feel pressure when you're winning a lot. Especially if you're winning too yeah, much. Yeah. And so I think I was starting to right? think, well, how good are we going to be? And, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, I thought we, I, I basically thought we could win every game, um, mm-hmm. that we played in. And so I don't, I don't know if like the special word, I, you know, I, without like sounding weird or anything, like it feels like a word, you know, you say when you're, mm-hmm. when you're doing writing stories, you know, mm-hmm. but when you're coaching your team, you're going, well, you know, how come we didn't finish more goals on serves, you know, how come, you know, we get set plays and we don't do a very good job with them. You know, you're thinking about mm-hmm. those things. Right. And so I think, yeah, I knew we were onto something. I know we got good players. Um, but I think you're always thinking about like what, what's going to go wrong and how to make sure it doesn't mm-hmm. go wrong. And yeah. so I think when you're, when you're in it, you don't think about that stuff as much. Maybe you should, mm-hmm because maybe it would make the ride a little more fun as a coach. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm always, like, focused on, well, what's – what's if we're going to lose, what's going to happen? With, How are we what's gonna around lose? the corner? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, And I also knew that, like, our our season, like, our toughest games were going to be at the end of the year. Like, all yeah. the, the tough teams in com- – the toughest teams in conference were right, the, yeah. at the tail, you know. And so, yeah. like, when we played Concordia, that's a good team. And mm-hmm. they like they needed to win, like yeah. they needed to win the game because they had lost a couple games. I don't think they expected to lose, and so mm-hmm. that game for them was massive, right? Yeah. And um, we actually gave up two PKs in the game, mm-hmm. and we lost two to one, right? So um, set pieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you've heard, yeah. Get to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kid about like how most. You know, usually when you're coaching practice, you don't call fouls because you're trying to make mm-hmm. the kids tougher. Yeah, uh, thinking, yeah. You know, next year, all I'm doing is calling fouls. It's calling fouls. Yeah, you dummy. Don't, yeah. Do not stop fouling, yeah. you know, yeah, like, because, yeah. you know, you give up. I was one. I'm just going to say I, I did the I was never a guy who never called it, except in when I was instructed not to. But if I was out there, I call I tried to call everything. Be like, get your hands off of them, right? Just because I thought that's more valuable in a game, knowing how to defend somebody rather than I wish I would have talked to you before our season started. Same. <laughs> should have, you should have, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, 
I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna show up there, and I'll just show up at your practices. Don't worry, I got you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, um, let me ask you the the or because I don't know, I don't know a lot about you guys out there. So this is a learning experience for me. But when you you you, you lost to Aurora two nothing the first game, and then you lost to them like you said in the two one in the semifinals. I mean, do you think were they just better, or do you think like there was something that you didn't do, like not you, but your team didn't do well, that they coach, needed so, yeah, to do? This. Yeah, I got to take responsibility. Like, yeah, is there was there something that you thought like we just couldn't do this, or we just didn't execute this that led to that, or do you think you really had a chance against to win that game, that especially the semifinal, right? Yeah, I mean, no, I do. I think. Um... Do I think we were, yeah, you know, it's always weird, you know, saying this now on, on video for anybody to see, but like, I think we were better than them, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so I just put fuel out there for Aurora for next year, right? But they already, <laughs> it's, oh, so on the board, this is so, um, so on the board. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the first game out, like I said, I did the analytics and I just didn't think mm-hmm. we did things in the final third in particular to create as many chances as we should have based on the amount of time we had the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it, and it was details, right. It's like, like I we're late, like the, the wide back doesn't get forward quick enough to do an overlap. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. now, like we said, the timing's not there. And there were times where I thought it got a little too individual to make a play as opposed to yeah. using each other. And, um, you know, and then, you know, if you watch that game, we lost 2-0. We had a bunch of chances to tie it. Again, we gave up a PK to start yeah. the game, so we were down 1-0 and then gave up a late goal. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we missed we missed a couple really close chances to tie it, it but didn't create enough. And I think the second mm-hmm. game, in the first half, we really had the ball a lot against mm-hmm. them and missed a one-on-one with the keeper. Um and then the second half, we weren't playing as well. And, and I, it took me a while to watch the game because I was so upset about losing, right? So I didn't, like, mm-hmm. every time we finish a game, I usually watch it right away. And then the second time I watch it, I break it down. But when it's the final game of the season and you lose, like, yeah. you're hopefully you're losing the final game of the season because if you're not in college soccer, then you want to win the national championship because if you win your last yeah. game and that's it, then you probably haven't had that great of a year, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. end with a loss or the national championship. Um, but anyway, like, I had a hard time watching it. And then when I did rewatch it, I was just like, it wasn't as bad as I thought in the second half. But it mm-hmm. was just moments where we just could do better, make better choices. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, you know, another guy get in the box. And, and then certainly, you know, we scored with, I think, seven or eight minutes left to tie it. Yeah. We, got, we got a penalty kick. And we actually missed the PK and followed up and scored. And I thought, okay, here we go, you know. And I really, it's I honestly momentum. thought, like, if we go to overtime, that's fine. Like, you know, we're deep and we'll come at them and, and it's going to be hard and we're going to make this happen. And then we gave up a, a corner at mm-hmm. the end, you know. Yeah. And everything leading up to the corner was kind of difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From a coach's point. No, but, there's those games, right, that nothing seems to – that's why I always ask. Yeah. I mean, it's soccer. I think, you know, if you're a coach and you don't take responsibility, 
for the loss, I, I don't think you're much of a coach. You know, like, yeah. if I'm watching, like, say, the U.S. national team, I don't blame everything on Berhalter, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't go, oh, why, did, why didn't Dest yeah. be his man and, and cover, yeah. you know, mark him and cover that Berhalter, yeah. right? But yeah. when I'm coaching, like, I blame it on me, right? Because yeah. I'm like, well, I'm coaching the person who made the yeah. mistake, and how didn't I yeah. convey to him that it's that important to do this, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think you, you know, you're in those two brains. Um, yeah. That's kind of me rambling, but no, I, I think we were good enough to, you know, win those two games, and we didn't. And hats yeah. off to them, you know, because one year ago they didn't make our conference tournament, and this year they won. Uh-huh. Oh wow! And that's what our conference is like. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. The team the, the the one the two teams that were in the final last year, one finished in seventh or eighth place and didn't get in the tournament, and the other finished in sixth place. Wow. So that's what our conference has become like. It's yeah, it's yeah. tight and it's yeah. hard. And, and the difference team. between the difference between top and bottom is just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes and that the next year it could just be totally reversed. Yeah. 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 I mean there's just you know, it's it's like we're not the East Coast where you guys are all close together, but yeah. you know, when you when you talk about the greater metro areas of like Chicago, Milwaukee, Detroit, yeah. Indianapolis, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of players in these yeah. areas, right? And there's more than yeah, enough to yeah. go around, so there's yeah. a lot of talent here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and specifically like you know, the greater Chicago area that's just yeah, yeah. Loads it's just teaming with loads of players. Yeah. Loads of players. Yeah. And so the, the um, level's pretty high. Hey, so, so, I mean, we've, we've gone down plenty of rabbit hole, and, and, and I actually just realized I have another one of these to go for the day. So um, <clears throat> I got one last question for you, and then I'll let you have your, your, your day back. But so... What are your plan? What do you, what are your plans for the off season? What are, where where do you go from here? And I ask that just because I think okay, so you had right to me. This is about how do I return back so that we get to the same level next year and then make a little bit more progress, right? Like we do something yeah. to to improve. So what what do you have planned? Um. Well, as you know, D3 soccer, it's its own animal. So obviously I can't mm-hmm. train the kids for a long time, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so, you know, number one, like as a coach, obviously you're recruiting. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the name of the game. We don't, you know, we were talking before about whether you counter or play possession and all this. I'm like, mm-hmm. we got to go get players, right? And we yeah. can't ever pretend that that coaching is the number one thing. P- players are the no- number one players thing, right? Are. So, yeah. Um, so there's that. You go recruit. Um, and then two, you know, with the kids on the team, a lot of it, or I would say like 90% of it is is having a culture where they push each other to get better at the sport and buy into the fact that they own it, right? Mm-hmm. They own it. Like we don't have the 20 hours a week that you have in D1 and all this kind of stuff. So are they in the weight room? Are they playing soccer? Are they finding ways to, you know, get together and, and push each other to be a team, right? Mm-hmm. And to own 
own the performance of the team, you yeah. know, which which yeah, starts yeah. with messaging from me, but then mm-hmm. them, you know, buying into it. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, and then obviously in the spring when we do stuff together, we'll kind of, you know, m- see how that went, basically. Yeah. You know, but the yeah. hope now is that they're buying into that um, mm-hmm. idea of, of they're in charge, right? And it, yeah. it is part of the beauty, I think, of D3 soccer is it's really a choice. Like, it's a choice yeah. by the kids. We want to we wanna play this and we want to be good at it. And it's they're not ruled by the scholarship they're getting. They don't stick yeah. around on the team because, you know, if they don't, they lose, you know, 40% yeah. of what, you know, what it, what it costs to go to school, right? Yeah. Um, or something. So I think that's really the, you know, that that little thing that all of us as coaches always have to figure out is how do we make sure the kids have that culture. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. the number one thing. Yeah. So see if we can, okay. if, if they do it. I like that. The, the idea that it is a choice. Yeah. There's not, there's no, you're, you're there because you want to be there. Right. And like you're, you play, you commit yourself to, because that's your decision. It's not like you're, once you're in, they, they got you somehow financially. Or, yeah. When I um, was in college, I was, a you know, there was a year and I turned into a little baby. <laughs> like uh-huh. college kids often do, right? And no, yeah, right. And I was thinking, well, maybe I'm not gonna play, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was upset about playing time and you know, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And uh, well, one of the things that you know, besides the fact that I love soccer and you know, I didn't want to be a quitter, right? There's mm-hmm. the other part that was like, well, how am I gonna go home and tell my dad who works for the Milwaukee public school system that I'm giving up? part of my scholarship because I'm upset about, you know, not like, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be like, no, you know, go back, go back. You're not welcome here. Go back. Even if he would have said it's okay, it would have been like, you know, well, you'd have to know my dad, but like, he would have just been like, do what you want, you know, do what you want. And I would have felt guilty. For the next you know, <laughs> rest of my life, you know, it just would have been brutal. That Catholic guilt. There was no like, know. you know, no, no. My dad, my dad. It's your, it's your choice. So, um, get a job and tell me when you're moving out. Yeah. Well, yeah. There certainly might have been. Was, oh, you have to cover the cost yeah, of your scholarship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's happened. like you're not, you're not here on a free ride either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, with that, great. like that was my little moment. Right. Yeah. But and part of me that probably made me stay was the the money because yeah. it was part of how school was getting. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, it all worked out fine. You know. Yeah. My yeah, career yeah. went fine yeah. after that, Always. and I grew up yeah, and yeah. thought, well, learned. Actually, I know we go down rabbit holes. Uh, like the the my second family is a it, it's not my second family, but it's kind of like my second is the Moynihan family. So uh-huh. Jim Moynihan was like my youth soccer coach. Um, Sue Moynihan, who I told you was a coach at UW Milwaukee. Right. Actually, um, if you look at my blog, look at the story "Take Care of My Girls," and uh-huh. I think it's like one of the greatest soccer stories of all time. Right. So Sue okay. takes the job at UW Milwaukee with no uh-huh. experience because her mom died of cancer, uh-huh. and um, oh what she accomplished yeah. there was unbelievable. Her her brother Mike, 
eventually becomes the head coach. Now he's the coach at Northwestern. Anyway, uh -huh. so when I came home from college, I was, you know, all mopey and complaining about, you know, uh, stuff at school. And um, I'm with Jim Moynihan, and, like, we're having beers. And he's, you know, he's the dad and my youth soccer coach. Yeah. And he's laughing and all this stuff. And he goes, yeah, well, here's what I think. I think you need to shut your mouth and quit being a big baby and play soccer. <laughs> and it was like rub dirt in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just And it was like I, I think I was just frozen that moment and I'm like, that might have been the greatest advice I ever got. Shut it's, your mouth yeah. and play soccer and quit being a baby. So, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um yeah. anyway, that's a I think that's very true. That is like you see it, I see it with kids all along. I mean, I coach now um for the gear. Um uh, I volunteer coach at the high school where my kids go and, and, and so many of these kids, it's like, why don't you just shut up and play, you know, like just shut, don't work, shut up. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about where you're going to end up and this and that just shut up and play and watch how much of bet. And I always say to them, I don't always just say, shut up. I always say, if you just shut up and you stop trying to think about all this other stuff, watch how much of a better player you become. Yeah. Well, I've, I've done you know? a couple, like, college, you know, things the last couple of days. And then mm -hmm. people ask me, like, you know, well, what are colleges looking for? And I'm like, uh, good human beings that are good soccer players. Yeah. You know? I'm like. Tough. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, and by the way, we can go into the details, but, like, let's just make it really yeah. simple. Are you good at soccer yeah. and are you a good human being? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. we're looking for. It's not Yeah. It's not yeah. Uh, any more complicated than that. Complicated you know? than that, right? yeah. Like if you're not That's very true. And, and and I will say this, too, especially as I talk. I For a while, I was really in tune to the idea of culture and what sort of culture you as a coach and all this stuff. And you realize you spend an inordinate amount of effort on culture. Coaches do because they have to, because that's sort of what defines their program. And it takes one bad apple in the locker room to destroy it. Yeah. And I didn't, I never really equated those two things, right? Like I thought culture would survive and it takes one, it takes yeah, one. And that's why the good human being thing is it's, really, really it's important. it's really delicate, right? Like it's yeah. really, it, it's a delicate fabric because one person who, you know, wants yep. to, their agenda could be yep. bigger than the team's agenda. Yep. And, and here's the, here's the difficult thing about it. Like they're kids. Like I yeah. get it. Like yeah. I want to be a good human being, but they're, they're, you know, a kid between the 18 yeah. and 21 years old is just a kid. And like, I just told you about yeah. me and how I was all whiny, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. somebody comes and like slaps me across the head and goes, yeah, yeah. A baby. Like, I'm glad yeah. I got that info because it did yeah. wake me up and I played much better yeah. after that, Yeah. you know? Yeah. But, um, the culture stuff is huge and you're right. But I'll tell you this, like I was involved with a uh, high school team, right? Mm -hmm. And the head coach was awesome, right? Mm -hmm. We had all these, like, every player had, like, a, every young player. It was a, a girls' team. So, like, every freshman mm -hmm. that made the team had, like, a big sister buddy, right? So, yeah, and then yeah, there was, like, yeah. the, the team get-together and this get-together and yeah. this get-together, right? Well, meanwhile, we had a bunch of kids upset about who was named captains, right? And yeah. we're doing all this bonding stuff. And finally I was like, hey, can we bond over winning? Like, can we win? Yeah. Like, we're all worried about everything else except for winning the soccer yeah. game. And aren't we game, like a yeah. soccer team? Aren't we supposed to try to win? You guys are too yeah. worried about the baloney. Like, 
Yeah, Let's bond yeah. over kicking the other team's ass, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love that. Actually, That's very true, though. All this stuff can, like, especially for the young players, right? They get all, like, crazy and all that stuff. They forget, like, what am I here for? Oh, that's right. Put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, right. right. Like, and, and by the way, you said, like, we're going to remember a lot of the other things more, right? What it was like mm-hmm. off the field, how yep. the team got together. Yeah. But don't kid yourself. Like, yeah, you got a yeah. job to do. Like, you're on a soccer yep. field. Go out and try to win it. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. There was yeah. Uh, a quote one of the guys on the team said to me, I've been – um, Jimmy the, is getting mm-hmm. in the MSOE Hall of Fame here, among the mm-hmm. 8 million other Hall of Fames he's part right. of, right? Um, and so I'm trying to get the kids to send in, like, stuff that Jimmy said mm-hmm. or did so I can give it to Jimmy's kids and family, right? And mm-hmm. the one kid said uh, Jimmy's pregame speech, speech was like, hey, guys, let's have some fun out there. Oh, and by the way, it's a lot more fun when you're kicking their ass. Yeah. And I was like, that's very true. That's kind of funny. Let's have some fun out there. It's a lot more fun. Hey, on that note, I want to thank you. Yeah. This was absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed myself. I, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. This is, I never thought, I never thought I would, uh, the record would be broken, but you've broken the record for longest simple coach to coach interview by, 20 minutes wow so i was at buck 48 was the record and this is 208 so um, and i think to go to right now yeah yeah i actually do and then i got another one i just i did completely spaced on so got another i got player meeting starting in 30 nice yeah yeah, you could do. I'd love doing the player meetings if you want to do the interview for. Yeah. <laughs> we'll switch. Well, uh, I, really, I appreciate you having me. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun, and, and like I said, um, when you emailed me, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was some weird thing where I had to go check and make sure I wasn't gonna like hit the link and all of a sudden have some crazy stuff happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. like wants, I kept sending you stuff and you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. My wife doesn't want to listen to me. Why would anybody else? Want yeah, to yeah. yeah. So no, no, no. Yeah, I do. I'm like you said, you need therapy. Like, like I've been doing this for a year. Like if I don't get therapy soon, forget it. Like I'm going to be total basket case. Yeah. But uh, anyhow. All right, coach. Well, I Thank you. you having me. I will send you the info on the Alzheimer's yep. stuff. So. Yeah, please do. Please do. Take care. See ya. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him out.